here it is, my conversation with Robert Spencer, not to be confused with Richard Spencer, the literal Nazi alt-right figurehead. This is Robert Spencer of Jihad Watch, and people have been making that mistake a lot lately, so I thought I'd just clarify. And I'm sure I'll get plenty of hate from both the left and the right for this, but what else is new, eh? The left will be upset I even talked to him. The right will be upset I dared to disagree with him or call him out on any of his questionable stances. Oh, oh, hold on. As I record this, the hateful tweets are already pouring in. White supremacist whore? Ah, the whore certainly adds a new twist to that. Yep, searching for legitimacy from white racists, ah. There's the good old Uncle Tom one again. How original. And on the other side, I'm being called dishonest, disgraceful, unpleasant, unprofessional. Much of that by Robert himself before this conversation has even aired. Mind you, he didn't rush to Twitter immediately after our conversation to call me these things. But now a few days have passed, I'm all of a sudden just awful. Why now? He's tweeting about how it's suspicious I haven't yet put out his episode. That I'm embarrassed by my own performance? Yeah, that's why immediately after our chat, I tweeted about how people should stay tuned for our fiery conversation. Did I just not realize I was embarrassed yet? Did it take a few days for my embarrassment to set in? He's also tweeting that I might be editing him to sound worse than he did. But now nah, there really was no need for me to go through that effort, as you'll soon see. He came off defensive, on edge, and conspiracist, all on his own, right from the get-go. I didn't have to put any extra effort into editing it to my advantage. But hey, would it be an authentic Robert Spencer experience without the extra conspiracies thrown in. Of course it can't be as simple as me having a real reason to delay, like the sudden loss of a good childhood friend, which I have repeatedly explained to him, or simply spacing out the release of episodes. Nope, it's gotta be something suspicious. Of course, Robert even went as far as telling me he's grieving the loss of a friend too, but he's still getting work done. I mean, this is just the strangest attitude to have before it's even released. He sent so many accusatory tweets my way. I don't know what triggered him or what instigated this hostility all of a sudden. And why is he trying to micromanage when I release my episode? Like... I've interviewed several people, and some of them have had to wait up to two weeks before their episode was released simply because I had other episodes to release before theirs. I don't know what's going on with Robert, but he seems to be making an excellent case for why people shouldn't engage him. However, one of the main reasons I wanted to do this podcast, even though I had a fairly good idea of what I'd be walking into, is that now, more than ever, in this bizarre Trump win reality, we have to, have to begin to see the differences between a liberal criticism of Islam and one that seeks to demonize Muslims. We do need to develop a liberal critique, especially under Trump so that we don't leave it up to Trump and his ilk to control the narrative on this. The left certainly doesn't make it easy, 
because they tar any critique of Islam as anti-Muslim bigotry. The right doesn't make it easy either because they can portray something that's actually unfairly generalizing Muslims as being legit criticism. So there's confusion on all sides. We need to start seeing these distinctions. And please note, I do not in any way support or agree with the accusations in this podcast leveled at Majid, whom I have great respect for, Keith Ellison, who I'm not very familiar with, or even Reza Aslan, who I dislike greatly. I find plenty to criticize about Reza in what he actually says and does, and find no need to be suspicious about whether he's an Islamic supremacist. Keith Ellison is a politician, so he may have ties with all sorts of people. Some of them may even be Islamists. Does that mean he's an Islamist? People on both ends of the political spectrum have tried these guilt-by-association things with me too, so I know how wrong and misleading they can be. All you'd really need is to find some indirect connection with someone in the government of a Muslim-majority country, and you can link them to Islamism. I mean, I've done artwork for the son of Pakistan's assassinated prime minister. I grew up in Saudi, so I'm sure I knew someone that worked for the government. Does that mean I'm an Islamist? On the other side, I've chatted with Tommy Robinson and now Robert Spencer. I'm sure people will use that to cast me as having anti-Muslim ties. I mean, there's fair criticism and then there's just reaches. And the thing is, there are so many reaches that true alarming points get lost within them. When Robert points to organizations like ISNA and CARE with truly dubious ties, it'll be hard for many to see what to take seriously and what not to, because it gets lost in the clutter of conspiracies. One thing about Robert is that he's well-spoken and good at going back and forth with his accusations and suspicions so that they're less clear. He's good at minimizing the absurdity of what he's saying. He's also excellent at talking nonstop, which is why many times I had to speak over him just so that he wasn't going on and on unchallenged. He's very good at confidently disavowing whatever issue you take with him and making it seem like it's just some small point. And then as you press him on it, he backpedals. In Robert's mind, he's the constant victim. People are unfairly labeling him an anti-Muslim bigot, but he's free to cast suspicion on any secular Muslim or even non-Muslim like Obama. He doesn't care whether Trump denounces the KKK or not, because that question in itself is offensive, but he wants every single Muslim politician to explicitly denounce Islamism, Sharia. More than anything, as a harsh critic of Islam myself, it's not his criticism of the religion that bothers me at all. It's his different set of rules for Muslims. It's the generalizations. But I totally could have secretly reverted to Islam and become radicalized by now. So it's possible everything you're hearing me say is just takia deception to throw you off my stealth Islamist scent. Hope you still enjoy the conversation. Make sure that uh, that program doesn't contain controversial subjects and uh, you're not impolite to people. No, definitely not, Dad. You know me. I'm never, <laughs> ever controversial or yeah, impolite. Yeah, yeah, okay. Welcome to... 
conversations with your lovable, never pisses anyone off, never been banned from Facebook or YouTube, never been sabotaged or censored for politely expressing a difference of opinion, ex-Muslim host Ina, keeping it non-controversial. Welcome to Polite Conversations, episode 19. I have Robert Spencer here with me today, director of Jihad Watch. If you're a critic of Islam or in any way interested in that topic, you have probably heard of him. And you have quite a reputation, Robert. Yes, thank you. Um, (laughs) So I think I'm here today to speak with you and just kind of try to figure out what the differences between our styles and tactics of critiquing Islam, I guess. All right. So um, how are you feeling about the election, first of all? Well, I'm very happy about it. It's uh, certainly refreshing that after all these years, not eight years, but 16 of denial and willful ignorance about the nature and magnitude of the threat we face, uh, the candidate who would speak forthrightly about the motivating ideology, or at least relatively forthrightly about the motivating ideology of the jihad terrorists won, I think that's an extremely positive development. Uh huh. And you're not bothered by his other issues at all? Uh, can you be specific? Like his treatment of women, for example? Oh, I think he's he's probably quite a bore. I uh, wouldn't invite him over to the house. Uh, yeah. But uh, I didn't elect him to be the pope. Uh, I didn't. Uh, <laughs> uh, I'm, I'm also, I doubt that uh, if you look into the private lives of former presidents, that he prob- he stands out in any significant way from quite a few of them. Well, uh, of I course, mean, he's bragged John about Kennedy was. He's bragged yeah, about walking in on women changing yes. that he has yeah, there's employed. No, there's no excusing this kind of thing, and I'm not in the least interested in defending it. Okay, uh, great. What I'm interested in in regard to him is that he is willing to speak about the jihad threat. But do you in, think that in he's a ever... far more honest fashion than uh, his opponent and the predecessor, his two predecessors, and that uh, you can't understand, you can't defeat an enemy you don't understand. So I think that that is absolutely essential. Right. I'm wondering how well he understands it. But do you think that he's ever unfair about the way he speaks about Muslims, blacks, Latinos? Uh, you know, you're asking a very sweeping question. I would have to go and look back at everything he said. Uh, I know that he speaks intemperately. He speaks off the cuff, and he said a lot of things that I certainly wouldn't say myself. I'm not interested in giving you some sort of a blanket approval of everything that he does. I supported him for very specific reasons that I have explained here. Right, right. I get that. But I'm just wondering if that is okay to overlook the uh, some of the other things just because the problem in the American system is that it comes down to two people. Right. And so everybody has to make a decision that some things are, as you put it, okay to overlook. Okay. Uh, the supporters of Mrs. Clinton had to overlook her rampant corruption, her dishonesty, mm-hmm. her uh, her taking money from terror-supporting entities, and so on. And I'm sure that many of the people who voted for her, probably in the millions, thought that those things were reprehensible, yeah. but that on the whole, nonetheless, she constituted the better candidate. And so we all have to uh, make certain compromises with this kind of system. It would be great if it were otherwise, but when it comes down to two people, 
uh, it's just not possible to find. Uh, it's extraordinarily rare to find someone that you just like everything about. Right, right. I totally get that. I can't agree that I would be able to overlook the bragging about being a sexual predator for anything, but. Um, but that's that. I guess we have different opinions. What What do you think about Obama? I know you don't really like him at all. No, I don't like him at all. I mean, I've never met the man. I'm sure he's actually very likable in person. As a matter of fact, I just ha- happened today, this morning while I was working, uh, happened by accident upon a video he made in April 2016 that I had never uh, – I didn't know it existed, and it was very funny about what he was going to do after being president. And uh, you know, you got to admit he's he's uh, he's got a certain charisma. He's got uh, a great comic timing, really, and uh, I respect that. Uh, as far as his presidency goes, it's been an unmitigated disaster, and uh, one right. that has okay. emboldened the forces of uh, of uh, authoritarianism and violence and so on. Yes, that's the one thing that he has on his credit, and that was something that was in motion before he became president, and that uh, he really doesn't have any business taking credit for, especially in light of the fact that uh, uh, he has enabled people who hold to the same ideology and emboldened them and made them more aggressive and even actively armed and trained them in Syria. And so, you know, he got the one guy and he's helped thousands of others. Do you think he's a Muslim? No, I don't think so. Uh, I don't know the man, as I say, but uh, there doesn't seem to be any indication of any uh, Islamic piety on his part. I think because of his background, certainly he was a Muslim. He was raised a Muslim. He even acknowledges that himself in the audacity of hope when he says that he got in trouble in school in Indonesia for making faces in Quran class. The Christian students didn't go to Quran class. Right, but I mean, and that's so not the enough. The fact is, no, it isn't. And that's what I said. I don't think he is. But the fact is that he clearly has a great respect for and esteem for and admiration for Islam. He clearly thinks it's good for individuals, good for societies. But and, uh, I saw a video great- where you were saying that he was 100% he was a Muslim. No, I never said that. Go back and watch the video. Yeah, I did watch it. I just watched it right before you said, is he a Muslim? I don't know. Was he a Muslim? A hundred percent. Oh, yeah. Certainly he was. That, uh, how, would, how would a non-Muslim student end up in Quran class in Indonesia? Well, it and happens all the time. And his school record in Indonesia is extant, and it says, Barry Satoro, religion, Islam. But he's a child, so right? He's not really in, in, he's not really That's correct. It was when he was in control of making That's those correct. decisions himself. That's correct. It was something that came from his father and his stepfather. Right. So, I mean, I don't know if it's fair to characterize him as a Muslim. Um, well, if he was just I stuck said. in, he's not. right? Okay, but then you <laughs> allude to things where you say that he's uh, empowered. Yes, no doubt about that. And that uh, and, you oh, just look at look at ISIS, which is of course his creation, uh, <laughs> enabled is he, by. He's his, the founder uh, of ISIS. Yes. Okay. Okay. Hundred um, uh, percent. Now, if you want to, if you want to portray that as some nut saying that he he actually uh, plotted. Uh, over uh, some some meeting with mullahs uh, to create this group. Obviously, that's not what I mean. But al-Qaeda in Iraq was essentially moribund at the time of the withdrawal from Iraq. And the fact that he backed the weak Shiite uh, uh, government in Baghdad that uh, did not have any Sunni representation, and the Sunnis were angry about it, and they were, of course... Uh, 
Al-Qaeda in Iraq was, of course, active there, along with other jihad groups. And once the Americans precipitously withdrew, they had an opportunity to coalesce and to strengthen their position. And of course, Al-Qaeda in Iraq is, is, is ISIS. It's what ISIS comes from. Right. I mean, I'm not going to... So he created the circumstances by which they were able to rise and gain control over that territory. It's not fair to call him the founder of ISIS, though. I don't well, think it's so. Well, it's, um, it's a rhetorical uh, flourish, certainly, and you might think it's a rhetorical overreach, but the reality is that if it had not been for his policies there, ISIS would not be in control of so much of Iraq and Syria. Well, I mean, you can take that back as far as other presidents, too. So it's not oh, just yeah. Obama. George Bush was a disaster as well. So, if you think of some sort of a uh, Republican operative, you're just reading more propaganda. I the reality didn't, is I didn't say that. Absolutely as clueless as Obama on okay, this uh, so, issue. Okay, so I'm just going to... we've had is four terms now of a disastrous foreign policy that's based on fantasy and wishful thinking. Okay, okay. Now, bipartisan cluelessness. Back to Obama being Muslim. In that same video. <laughs> why are you guys, let me ask you this. Why are you guys so exercised about this question? Why is it like the big mortal sin? Who, who are we guys? To suggest? I mean, the man, the, the rumors persist all these years because of the man's policies. But who are we guys? Who are we? And what he has said. And so why, it's, it's like the bridge too far. It's like the biggest thing on the rap sheet of Spencer is that I supposedly said this, which I never said anyway. But why is it such a big deal. Well, I, I'll get to that. I'm just asking okay, who you're referring ahead. to is us guys. Who are us guys? The uh, the 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 uh, what is it called? Not not the regressive left, but the opposite <laughs> of the regressive left. The left that is not in willful ignorance and denial about the nature and magnitude of the jihad threat is willing to grant that there is some problem regarding jihad terror and and Sharia supremacism, but is absolutely opposed to those who are really actually doing something about it. Um, I don't know if uh, casting doubt on Obama's religion is doing anything about it, but... Well, I'm not in the least interested in Obama's religion. You're talking about a video that I that it comes from a talk that I gave in, I believe it was Massachusetts or New Hampshire, a few years ago, and I was asked the question during a Q&A. Somebody took my right, answer right. during the Q&A and made it into a video. I never would have said anything about it, except somebody asked the question and I answered it. I'll answer any question that anybody asks okay, me. Okay, that's talk. great. But I... to act as if this is some sort of a central part of what I do. It's really ridiculous. I'm not, I, mean, it's, it's, I am not saying that. You're talking about a minor that. and incidental thing. When I don't know why you're so defensive. I've written hundreds of articles. I've written thousands That's great, of blog but there's posts. And you want to question on this one little thing because it's the one thing that gets you folks crazy. And that's what interests me. I just don't know why it's such a big deal. Okay, well, let's just proceed with the questioning. I'm not saying this is the core <laughs> of your ideas okay. or whatever, but I have certain questions that strike me as odd about what you've said and what you've done, and those are the ones I'm going to ask, right? If Fine. I'm trying to fire away, my friend. I'm not. I I'm not angry at you. I'm not accusing you of anything. I'm just asking questions. Yes, but you remember, I mean, I, I recall previous interactions. It's not as if there's no history. So obviously uh, I know where you're coming from. And so there we are. Well, I mean, what I recall is that you blocked me. Uh, well, I don't block people willy-nilly. I block people who make baseless and false I don't even accusations. I'll have to look up our, our um, tweeting history, but I don't recall that, uh, tweeting to you very I'm often at all. and bigoted and all that. That's just a lot of hooey, and there isn't any, any foundation I don't, I don't think I would have called you a racist unless you've said stuff about races. 
I don't say anything about races. Then I doubt I've called but, you, know, you a racist. Bigoted, Islamophobic, hates Muslims. All I don't use the word Islamophobia. Points, you know? I don't use and the so, term Islamophobia. Well, anyway, I have probably I, have the I would, same I would issues have to look with back it. Myself to see what the specifics was, but it was something. So then you don't know. <laughs> you told me you didn't know why you blocked me. Oh, so I know in general. Not... I know in general. I don't know. In general, you assume that I've called because you because I don't block anybody except people who are just hectoring me with That's all that. That's not nonsense. true, though. I hear from so many people all the time who say that you've blocked them for no real reason. Uh-huh. Well, that's their point of view, because they think I ought to just accept the charge that I'm some sort of bigoted Islamophobe, and I don't <laughs> accept it. I'm going to ask you what your definition of bigotry is in a second, but can I just ask my question? Uh, go ahead. Okay, so in that video <laughs> yes, about yes, Barack the famous, Obama... The most important video I've ever made, yes. I'm not saying that, but <laughs> let me ask the question. Fire away. Okay. So you say when Barack Obama calls himself a Christian, it doesn't mean anything more than he follows the teaching of the Muslim prophet Jesus. So you're implying because you first I said it could about, mean only that. It doesn't necessarily mean. Only yeah, yeah. You always but you always add a not necessarily. Yes. Right. Well, that's a very important caveat. I was getting but there. It's uh, it's 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 a possibility based on the you know remember Faisal Abdul Rauf, the Ground Zero Mosque Imam saying I'm a Jew. So it's a and possibility that he's anybody lying. Anybody who was thinking that he was a Torah-observant Jew was naive. He meant that he followed the teachings of the Muslim prophet Moses. Okay, so so it could be that Obama is just phrasing that he's a Christian, but he's really just a Muslim, and he's doing it to trick it's, everyone? It's a possibility. Okay. I think much more likely is that he's a secular globalist internationalist, and he uh, it thinks that Islam is something that is to be encouraged because it uh, creates a certain unity among people as well as uh, provides a social order that uh, he seems curiously blasé in regard to its the oppression of women, the oppression of gays, etc., cetera, etc., cetera. Do you think that he is uh, kind of soft on Islam because he has some sort of agenda or that he's doing it just because he truly believes that Islam is a peaceful whatever and he wants to keep the peace and he wants to appease, I, I don't know, Muslims or whatever? Or does he have an agenda? Well, I think both, actually. those things, those, It's not really an either or there. I think that's both of those are possible and compatible that uh, he has an agenda that is, uh, uh, as I say, globalist in terms of trying to level distinctions between people and uh, uh, make the world all pretty much the same in terms of uh, political power, economic power, and so on, and socially just the same and so on, uh, and culturally. And then uh, also he wants to keep the peace and he thinks that by repeating these platitudes, however false they may be, that it will somehow uh, pacify Islamic jihadis and create the uh, circumstances by which peace can reign. So that's a good intention then? Well, yeah. Whoever said that Obama was incapable of good intentions? Pardon? Whoever said that Obama was incapable of good no, intentions? No, no, I'm just saying. So then he's <laughs> not like doing it out of malicious intent to uh, oh, no, I don't further think he has any Islamic malicious intent at all. Supremacy. I think that he is a deeply committed ideologue who believes that what he is doing is good for the world and that he's done great things for the world. 
So you don't think that trying to make peace with maybe not like ISIS, because I don't think they're approachable in any way. You can't talk sense to people like that. But uh, maybe nonviolent Islamists trying to make peace with them or trying to calm the situation. Do you think that's a bad idea? No, it's a good idea. It's all I'm all for it. But the problem is you can't be naive and you can't be uninformed, and especially you can't be willfully ignorant and committed to fantasy when you're entering into uh, a, a negotiations with uh, people of that kind or any people, really. You, it's, it's just not, not, not good uh, negotiating tactic to base your whole negotiating stance on fantasy. Uh-huh. And when he says Islam is a religion of peace and Hillary Clinton says that Muslims have nothing to do whatsoever with terrorism, that's just fantasy. That irks me as much as it does you, trust me. I'm glad to hear. And um, the reality is that uh, he could, I think, he only has the possibility of creating any real lasting accord with any Islamic groups, or non-Islamic groups for that matter, if he bases discussions on on, on reality. Okay, but you know, this is a delusion that majority of the world buys into. I'm an atheist, yeah. so well, we're I don't blanketed with this propaganda all the time. I don't it's like no any religion. The the world really, into it. Okay, I don't think great. any any of them are peaceful. Really, if you follow them. Well, that's marvelous. I mean, um, that's really uh, I'm, I'm f- more power to you. I believe in the freedom of conscience. I'm right. not I'm the least interested in uh, agitating for uh, one point of view over another. You have your uh, point of view, and I think that's marvelous. Right, but what I'm saying is that in a world of majority theists they generally tend to respect religion, right? I mean, okay. these books are absurd. To me, they're all vile. Okay. Um, but everybody respects them. It's, it's bizarre to me to see how respected religion is. Okay. So in that way, I can completely understand that it's bizarre to me how people believe that Islam is a religion of peace. If you just look at the pages, if you just look at what it's saying, it's clearly not. But at the same time, um, if you look at what's written in the Bible, it's clearly not either. Okay. Well, that's neither here nor there, but sure. Okay. I'm not equating them because the Bible has been so disregarded, thankfully, because of secularism. I don't think many people take it seriously, which is a good thing in my eyes. And that's Mm -hmm. probably what makes Christianity not as dangerous right now. Well, I'm not quite sure what you're getting at. I don't know if you want me to defend Christianity no, no. or something like that. No, no. I mean, that. if you want to, it, it, go for it. The reality is that uh, I have always consistently, from the beginning of my public work, have uh, supported secular government. And mm-hmm. if anything, all these years, decades now, after I have been doing this, I'm more committed to the idea of uh, of secularism than I ever was. But that means I freedom that the of only religion. Way of course it does. But the, the, the thing is this, that we're never going to, nobody's ever going to convince everyone of a single point of view. Mm-hmm. It's never going to happen. Okay. And so what do we do? We have two choices. We either have one group try to gain hegemony over the other. And that's what the Islamic supremacist groups are trying to do. Or we have a, a social contract in which every different perspective is respected, of course, within the bounds of the law and civil behavior and so on, but 
nobody is trying to gain hegemony over the others. Mm-hmm. A truly pluralistic society mm-hmm. in which there is non-establishment of any particular point of view as being normative and orthodox mm-hmm. and to be enforced on everyone else. And that's the kind of society I think that's the only hope for a peaceful society in this world because we're never, as I say, we're never going to. Nobody's ever going to convince everyone else. We're never going to believe all the same things. We're never going to agree on the the core questions of life. And so the only thing we can do is learn to put up with each other. And that is the one thing that the Islamic supremacist and jihadists do. You think you're learning to to put up with Muslims? Well, putting up with Muslims, of course. See, it's, uh, this is just more uh, uh, of these false charges. I've never said anything but the fact that Muslims are completely welcome to live in the United States as far as I'm concerned. I mean, of course, I don't have any power over it one way or the other. But as, as if I were president of the United States or advising the president of the United States, I would say, say to the Islamic groups in the United States, you're completely free to be here, completely free to practice your religion. You're only not free to break the law, just like everybody else. And That's already and in place, though. And sedition are, yeah, it's already in place, but de facto it's ignored. And uh, there is, uh, you know, the four separate independent surveys since It's ignored like Muslims are allowed to break the law? Yeah, in a de facto way, 80% of mosques in the United States have been found in four separate surveys to be teaching hatred of Jews and Christians and the necessity ultimately to replace the Constitution with Islamic law. Now, Okay, do you think that's a real possibility? That they'll ever do that? No, but I think a lot of people are going to get killed while they're trying. I mean, and there are cra- like you believe in freedom of speech, right? Obviously, yes. But, I'm a, a. But there a, are some lines, of course. Very, very important. To, I mean, freedom of speech is the foundation of all our freedoms. If right. we don't have that, then we can't uh, talk back to the tyrant, and the tyrant can do whatever he wants. Right. So I mean, so of you have course, to have that. there are mosques saying horrible things, and they should be looked into. I don't know about your numbers yeah. or whatever. See, there's the the boundaries of the freedom of speech actually do have to do with sedition, uh, subversion, treason, and so on. The 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 freedom of speech mm-hmm. is not some license to plot yeah. to uh, yeah. kill but other I, people I just think that that, that, other that so paranoia on. of plotting is is maybe exaggerated. Well, is it really so. paranoia when a captured internal document of the Muslim Brotherhood says that the brothers must understand that their work in America is a kind of grand jihad in eliminating and destroying Western civilization I mean, from there's crazy white supremacists that have documents okay, and great. manifestos that say... crazy white supremacists ought to be prosecuted as well. Of course, but, but that's that what I'm saying. Does not mean that we ought to just be sanguine or complacent no. about the jihad threat or jihad the Muslim Brotherhood. Threat. Okay, okay. But you don't think there's a jihad threat? No, of course there's jihad all the time. I mean, yes. you can see the terror attacks around us all the time. Yes. But I just don't think that there is a a threat that America will be overtaken by jihadis and Sharia law will be the law of the land. Right. And everyone I don't will either. have to. Okay, good to good to know. I know that, however, the Muslim Brotherhood agenda is quite explicitly to do that. And that, as I said, a lot of people are going to get killed while they're trying. And so I think we need to be aware that that is something that they are trying to do and just try to resist it in every way possible. Well, if I think there's a real threat, I think that they will try to resist it. They're not going to... Who's they? The government. Well, Whoever's the in not place to resist it. The government, for example, okay. won't even talk about it. I was an Why FBI trainer for five that, years. Why would they not talk about it? 
because it's politically in, inconvenient for them. And, so they're uh, going to risk being taken over by the Muslim Brotherhood? No, it doesn't have, it's not risking being taken over. It's that they're not dealing adequately with the threat as it is currently constituted. In Are they incompetent? The Obama administration, I'm sorry? Are they incompetent? Uh, yeah, I think that they're 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 woefully stupid. In fact, uh, to a tremendous degree. But I'll be very specific. As I said, I was an FBI trainer for five years. I used to go into the FBI Joint Terrorism Task Force, CIA, military groups, and I would teach them the Quran and tell them the life of Muhammad, so that they would understand the uh, core beliefs and the mindset of the people they were trying to counter. And in 2011, October 19th, 2011, 57 Muslim and allied organizations wrote to John Brennan, who was, of course, then the, uh, what was it called, the Homeland Security Czar, Counterterrorism Czar, and now he's, of course, the head of the CIA. And they demanded that I be fired, and they demanded that all mention of Islam and jihad be removed from counterterror training. That was, thus was born, Brennan immediately complied, and thus was born So he just fired you? Yeah, but it's not about me. It's the, about the position I represent, that countering violent extremism is now the so Obama they, program for um, countering the jihad they threat. Removed so they removed all mentions of Islam from their um, yes, attempts that's to right. if you counter were to join terrorism? The FBI, that's correct. If you were what? to join that the makes FBI no today, sense. yes, of course it doesn't. That's my whole point. The FBI, if you were to join the FBI today and you said you wanted to go into counterterror, they will teach you about the white supremacists and the right-wing militias and the constitutionalists and so on and so on. But you won't hear a word about Islam or jihad, and so they're woefully unequipped and Real, really? to deal with So they're just the like threat. avoiding the topic entirely of Islam. Yes, yes, that's right. That and I find so, that really hard to believe, but oh, it's well, it's a Abundantly documented. A letter I referred to on October 19th, 2011, from Farhana Kera of Muslim Advocates, co-signed by CARE, by ISNA, by all the Muslim Brotherhood groups in the United States. It's 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 available. You can find it online. If you can't I will, find it online, I will I look quote into it, it extensively in my book, Arab Winter Comes to find America. Find it I'll hard to believe. Copy. Brennan's reply is also available. Also, you can look into the Countering Violent Extremism program and read their literature, and you'll see there's not a single, nary a mention. The of FBI's Counter Extremism Program. That's correct. The FBI will not address Islam. That's right. This is not uh, some crazy conspiracy theory. This is this is obvious Obama administration policy that is abundantly documented. How did they get uh, Bin Laden then? Well, bin Laden, he had uh, he was linked to the. Did 9/11 they do it with attacks. like a code word and instead so, of Islam? Like, did they? Well, they didn't have to talk about Islam. They never talked about his ideology. They just talked about how where he was and how they could get him. So there's no programs in place to counter the ideology no, of Islamism. To counter the ideology. There's plenty to counter Al Qaeda, ISIS. Uh, et Surely they talk nothing. about. Surely they, they talk about their... They're not waging that war. They're, they're, they've even talked about it. Obama has spoken about the need to counter the ideology, but they do nothing to okay, do so. Okay, so then... They have this ridiculous program. The State Department has this absurd program called Think Again, Turn Away, where they wage Twitter wars with jihadis. And they send them things like, look, these innocent people were killed by ISIS, as if ISIS cares. Or as well, if I a, mean, a, Twitter a, can be a useful tool. Yeah, so Twitter you can, can spin that however the, you the like. The point is not that it's on Twitter that it's absurd. It's that they are trying to counter them based on assumptions about what they believe without knowing what they really believe.
I don't and, know. I mean, I don't know about what they believe are false. I don't know how they much I can that comment on that. By the killing of, of, of innocents when they, they don't realize that the jihadis don't consider those people innocent and they don't think that they've the done The jihadis wrong. don't consider most Muslims innocent. They think That's they're correct. infidels. That's right. So, okay, anyway, so. My point so. is about the, the whole approach of the uh, administration under two administrations now, Bush and Obama, to try to counter the ideology is based on denial and willful ignorance about that ideology and isn't doing anything really effective to counter it. Right, right. I mean, I have talked about the Western politicians that do deny the problem of Islamism. They refuse to name it. But I really can't fathom the idea that they would not have a counterterrorism program in place where they learn well, they about the They have a counterterrorism ide- program in place. It just but doesn't it deal only with focuses, the ideology of the terrorists. It only focuses on the ideologies of white supremacists, you're saying? Yes, yes. And okay, it focuses well, on uh, stopping the activities of the terrorists, but they're severely hamstrung in doing so because they don't study their ideology or understand it. I mean, they're 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 committed not to doing so. This so, makes, for example, I can't. And it, it, I know it's hard to believe, but I, I wrote a whole book about this. It's called "Arab Winter Comes to America." I'll send oh. you a copy if you want, uh, or I'll send you a PDF if you don't want to get the hard copy or don't want to give me your address or whatever. But uh, just let me know. I'll send it to you. It's all, all right. documented in there. But you take the Tsarnaev brothers who blew up the Boston. In Marathon. Tamerlan Tsarnaev had been had joined jihad groups in Dagestan, and the Russians actually told the FBI I, about that. And okay. they said Tamerlan has joined jihad groups. Now, right around that time, the FBI was doing what I'm, um, I'm explaining, was purging all mention of jihad from counter-terror training and committing itself to the idea that jihad is an entirely benign concept that has nothing to what do with terrorism. <laughs> and so you can understand how it would have been a political football for the FBI to take that intelligence from the Russians seriously right when they were committing themselves to the idea that jihad was entirely benign. Robert. So they didn't do anything about Tamerlan. I can't even speak to this though. You can say anything to me right now and I'm just like I'm in disbelief so I don't know how this is a a conversation. Let's move to to another topic because I'm going to look into this. I I seriously can't believe it. Okay. Well you'll Um, see that I'm right when you look into it. Okay. What do you think about Majid Nawaz? Majid Nawaz is a guy that I think he he represents a certain phenomenon uh, among uh, certain certain kind of uh, people who counter jihad. He says a lot of good things about the necessity to reform and reevaluate the Quran. I don't have any disagreements with him about that. Uh, I find it kind of odd that he argued in a debate. Uh, that Islam is a religion of peace, and he seems to be committed to that idea since when he was hit by the SPLC, he uh, he raised it in his own defense. Um, but uh, I, as far as I know, uh, you know, I don't see any reason why uh, Majid Nawaz and I could not work together but in the common cause. You know he's a Muslim, he can, right? So he's going course. to think that his religion that he follows very peacefully, perhaps, is a yeah. religion of peace. I disagree with him on that. Yes. But I can understand well, I said, that he doesn't actually, have any malicious intent or try to trick anyone. I never said he had any malicious no. intent or tried to trick anyone. I just have criticized him for criticizing me and trying to triangulate and gain credibility on the left and among Muslims by pretending that I am some egregious Islamophobe and he is the uh, the sensible alternative. In reality, I have since 2003, it's been on my website, that I would welcome uh, cooperation and collaboration with any Muslim who renounces violent jihad and Sharia supremacism. Obviously, Majid Nawaz has done that. And so 
so I would be happy to work with him, but it's not mutual. He would shun me. And see, this is just more of this. Uh, There's a way uh, of your phrasing things that can uh, really mislead people. So I'm going to read can you a give little. Me an example? Yeah. Okay, good. Um, Nawaz's gratuitous and unprovoked attack on Pamela Geller and me as Islamophobes at his victory conference announcing the destruction of the English Defense League, which he crowed that he had decapitated, aroused suspicion about where he really stands and whether he really opposes the jihad agenda that the charge of Islamophobia has done so much to advance. Moreover, like so many Islamic jihadists and supremacists with whom I have engaged, he is arrogant, abusive, insulting, and contemptuous on a personal level while refusing to engage any of his opponent's arguments on an intellectual level. Yep, I stand by all that. Why bring up like so many Islamic jihadists and supremacists? What is that an equivalency or... I don't know. I was saying he was behaving like them, and he was. He went on Twitter, and he started to ask me, name uh, a Muslim you can admire or you do admire. And uh, I said, uh, why are you asking me? And he said, see, you can't name any Muslim you admire. You're just a hateful, bigoted, racist, Islamophobe. And I thought, isn't that something? It's just like all the uh, uh, the, the Muslim Brotherhood guys. They're abusive, arrogant, rude, condescending. Uh, you know, Reza Aslan, all those people, are, are they, they behave in exactly the same Reza way. Reza Aslan is a Muslim Brotherhood guy? Uh, Reza Aslan actually is with Iran, with the National Iranian American Council, which has been established in court as a lobbying group for the uh, Iranian mullahs. And I'm so, no, no fan of Reza uh, Aslan, the by the way. But I don't think he's an extremist. Um, I don't think I didn't say he was an extremist. I said he was on the board of the National Iranian American Council, which has been established right. in American court okay. as a lobbying group for the Iranian mullahs. Okay, so this guilt by association can work both ways, right? I, I hate Reza. I think he misrepresents and denies issues with Islam all the time. Um, mm -hmm. And I actually really like Majid. So when you equate mm -hmm. him to an Islamic jihadist or supremacist or say that he's aroused suspicion about where he really stands and whether he really opposes the jihad agenda. Um, this, this to me is very counterproductive. How do you expect him to work with you if you, if you go around saying that stuff about him? Well, in the first place, you're forgetting the fact that I was responding to his attack on me. I never would have attacked him or said anything about him except things that were positive. And you'll find positive things about him at Jihad Watch mm -hmm. uh, had he not attacked me. When he attacks me, I, I know. And when he, especially when he attacks me for Islamophobia, which is a trumped-up, manipulative concept uh, okay, that is just but if designed he means, to intimidate means, people into opposing Islamic terror. If he means anti-Muslim bigotry, yeah, do you that, think... Uh, that there is a possibility that maybe you could lead people to thinking that you are an anti-Muslim bigot. I'm not saying you Why, are one. Why, because Nawaz said so? No, no. I'm just saying there's okay, a lot of people that example? say so of why you're an anti-Muslim bigot. Yeah. Um, well, I can give you a lot. Okay, um, give me one. Okay, well... There's a bunch of stuff that Kathy Young wrote. I know you and her do not <laughs> yeah. love each other. Yeah, I've refuted all those. I've responded to everything that she has written. But she links to point posts, by point. She links to posts in your blog. Right. 
So, such as, um, can we be specific, sure. or is Spencer it just an argument from Aust- authority for Kathy Young? Spencer ostensibly disavows bigotry, yet a 2006 Jihad Watch post written by the site's co-administrator, Hugh Fitzgerald. Oh, but, so this is something I didn't even but write. But posted by Spencer himself. <laughs> suggests, 10 years old. <laughs> that suggests the, there's a lot of stuff, you Robert. You really got to dig, you see. Okay. I'm what just is, reading what, what I found. Say? That the most peaceful, nonviolent, and even secularized Muslims are still a danger to the West as long as they have not explicitly renounced Islam because either they or their children may revert to a more militant form of the faith. Okay, now this is false. That's a false statement. Um, no, Do you think I read that it's the... absolutely impossible that secular westernized Muslims can revert to a more militant form of the faith? Do you think that's just impossible? No, but anyone can revert to anything. What, why sure. is that even a point to bring up? Well, I don't know. You know, it's a, t- a ten-year-old article I didn't write, so I'd well, to I'd like to see your views but, on that. Uh, on on yeah, the, the you just said that there are plenty of examples of uh, secular Westernized Muslims who become devout and end up being Islamic jihadis. Mohammad Reza Tahiri Azhar in right. the University of Chap- uh, North Carolina. But because Chapel those Hill. people exist, do you think that you shouldn't trust people like Majid or people like me? Well, Majid, I don't think, is a very nice man. I think that he's been dishonest that's about me. That's different about from Islamic for. supremacist. And you haven't really been very friendly yourself. So uh, do, <laughs> should I trust you prima facie? Uh, I don't know if I ought to. But um, uh, in, would I never So am I maybe Muslim? like... Well, that would be absurd. You have to judge people on a case-by-case So basis, do you think it's possible that I'm basis. lying? That I'm lying and I'm not really an ex-Muslim and it's all taking No, I, and... I, 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 I never entertained such a possibility or suggested it. I'm asking. I didn't say. You oh, do I think that that you're I'm, lying? No, yeah. I don't think you're lying. No, okay. no, I don't think you're going to blow me up. Okay, good, good. <laughs> I, it'd be hard to do via Skype, right? Um, yeah, yeah. But no. like you say, <laughs> I'll find a way. Okay. <laughs> Um, this is just beyond absurd, you know? Yeah, it is. Okay, but you know how you say about Reza being linked with all these nefarious people, right? So you no, are the National often... Iranian American Council, which has been established in okay. the American court okay. as a lobbying group for right, the Iranian Right, but you've Mullahs. been banned that from countries extent, for being an extremist. the beginning and the end of what is wrong with Reza. I now, as far get it. As, uh, Listen. As being banned from countries? No, I've only been banned from one country. Okay, you've been banned from one country. And the one country, one country. That I was banned okay. from sent me a letter. And the letter said, and you can find the letter online, the letter said that I was being banned for saying Islam has doctrines of violence against unbelievers. Well, that's That bullshit. is what I was banned for saying. Okay. Now, and no, the fact but, but is that Islam does have doctrines of, of violence against does. unbelievers. Of course it does. Hold on. So that's like being banned for saying water is wet. And so I have no shame. You're not going to get any argument from me. Especially when they routinely admit Islamic jihadis into Britain. But they are, of course, that's Britain's form of multiculturalism and weirdness around Islam. I cannot wrap my head around. But you understand. It's a mark of shame on my record to be banned by a government that's banned on appeasing Islamic supremacists and jihadis and is in total denial about this threat. Let me finish. You okay. do you do get associated with Pamela Geller a lot too, right? Yeah, I work with Pamela you, Geller. You like we, we, Pamela we are Geller. co-founders of the American Freedom Defense Initiative, right? And, and you, we have worked on many, she has many written things together. about things like vehicular jihad, where people are found dead after crashing. Right? Are you aware that in September 2014, ISIS sent out a fatwa, a very lengthy fatwa, you can find the entire text of on Jihad Watch, where they said 
that you should kill uh, uh, civilians in the West, in Europe and the United States. And if you don't have a gun, you don't have a knife, then run over them with your car. Okay, ISIS is is insane. And all over Israel, in the Palestinian Hold on, you didn't let me finish my question, though. Last year, saying, run over the Jews with your car. Okay, hold on. I have photos of the billboard. But does that mean that any Muslim that has a car crash... No, of course All not. of a sudden, you write a blog post Kathy Young about found some case where it's not clear that that's what happened. It's not. No, she said is it is clear. That that's what happened. It is a respected and OBGYN who died from a, a massive a heart attack. Judgment about a specific case, <laughs> whereas in reality, the phenomenon is absolutely real. Uh, yeah, but you and can't so she, accuse she, random she Muslims of it. She made a mistake about one incident, and this makes is some a lot sort of example of, of bigotry. And anyway, let's note one one other thing too. We're talking about Hugh Fitzgerald, and we're talking about Pamela Geller. You still haven't come up with anything. I'm I getting have seen there. I'm getting there. Of course, bigoted. I did. It's always I've, ta- I've talked else. to you about your opinions well, on Obama. About I've talked to you about your opinions. A list of your friends and find egregious things that they've supposedly said. Yeah, but I'm not going them. to defend them if I find them disagreeable. Okay, well, we'd have to take that on a case-by-case basis, wouldn't we? Right. If I agree with something, and obviously I'll agree with it. the fact is that Kathy Young took a lot of incidents uh, and, and, and tried to portray them in the most negative way possible negative. while dismissing the reality that these things really do happen and dismiss and, and trying to uh, impute motives to Geller or to Hugh Fitzgerald or to me when, you know, I don't know this person. I've never met her. She has no idea what I'm doing this for. She has no idea what you're doing what for? The work that I do. I'm sure she has an idea. You, you don't, you're not subtle about it. Oh, really? And what do you think I'm doing it for? The money? No, no. <laughs> I mean, <glamour>. clearly. <laughs> uh, clearly, you have, you have an issue with Islam, right? I just think it's disproportionate. That's all. Disproportionate. So how, how, what's proportionate? There have been 30,000 jihad attacks around the world since 9-11. Right. Uh, when should, when but should But when you start, start saying that people can't, Take oaths on Qurans. No American official should be taking an oath on the Quran. Then that's Are you aware problem. that chapter three, verse twenty-eight of the Quran says, "Do not take unbelievers as your alia, your friends and protectors, in preference to believers. Whoever does this has nothing to do with Allah, unless you are doing it to guard yourselves against them." Are you and aware that, that the Ibn Bible Kathir, condones slavery and rape and all kinds of I'm horrible sorry, bullshit? That what now? The Bible. What does the Bible have to do with this? Why should people take an oath on such a vile book, but then not an oath on another oh, vile see. book? Oh, okay, so if it's one vile book is... is oh, sure, okay. Well, that's well, the secularism. Can we throw okay. them both out? Yeah, I don't care. I have. I don't have any interest in defending people no, taking but you oaths said on the specifically Bible. I, I do believe that Muslims. it's very important that the government be based on a principle so of establishment. Can we take an so oath no on Harry Potter from now on? What would you I don't you think prefer? taking oaths on books is a good idea. I in don't general, either. Okay, I think actually. it's ridiculous. But uh, it when doesn't you're talking about anything. the Quran in particular, you're talking about taking oath on a book that mandates a dishonesty in, in certain circumstances. Because the Bible doesn't. This is unwise. Who said when you're that? taking an oath on the Bible, why I'm not making an equivalence. Why are you defending taking an oath on the Bible? As but you are stuck. But you haven't objected to people taking oaths on the Bible. Yeah, you know this. This is, this is the United States of America. The oath of office of president of the United States, it uh, ends with the phrase preserve, protect, and defend, and to the best of my ability, preserve, protect, and defend the Constitution of the United States. George Washington, the first president, when he, he said he wanted to
to take the oath, uh, he would take it on the Bible. And when he said it, he added a phrase that was then repeated by every president after him, so help me God. Hmm. And this was, uh, at that time, of course, there there was a a much stronger Christian character to the United States than there is now. And it was all seen within this context. And so these things grew up as part of the culture, part of the political culture. And they, uh, you know, you're quite right that the Bible contains this and that. Uh, but of course, the intention of the people who were taking the oath on it were was uh, not to affirm any of those things. But and to why is it the, the intention uh, of the Muslim guy to affirm that? Well, Keith Ellison. Well, you know, Keith Ellison he, he took thirteen thousand dollars from the Muslim Brotherhood for his pilgrimage to Mecca, and has spoken frequently in front of Care and Isna, which are Muslim Brotherhood groups. And do you and work? So, yeah, do, do you work with EDL? With EDL? Yeah. No, I don't work with EDL. Do you support them? Do I support them? I haven't paid any attention to them. Since I got banned from Britain, I really have uh, uh, kind of soured on the whole place. I report on what goes on there, but I don't have any contact with people there. Do you but think the they're EDL, doing a good thing? Yes. Did I support the EDL in years past? Yes. I supported the EDL in years past when they were saying very clearly on their in their charter, on their website, that they rejected all racism, they rejected all anti-Semitism, all bigotry, they didn't uh, hate anyone, they were only trying to preserve a free society in Britain and so on. Now, did they uh, were there thugs among them? Did they uh, uh, transgress those principles? Of course. And when they did, I broke with them. Well, I'm glad to hear it. But, you know, people can use that kind of stuff against you, too. Well, I never took $13,000 from the EDL to uh, take a trip. That's great. I don't I even never, know never, who uh, Keith whatever is, but you're, you're... Keith Ellison uh, is a congressman. You're having a problem. The, okay, hold he's on. He's the congressman on. who took the oath on the Quran, and you're asking me if there's a problem with that. And I'm yes, explaining there's to you no why there problem. is. No, because so you're what, not what, objecting. What is, hold on. You should object to him. Try to change the subject by bringing up the EDL No, I'm saying that people can use your associations. Hold on. People can use all i'm not trying to change the subject it's or not a matter you. of association he's, it is a he's, matter. he's in he's he's much more connected than just some kind of kind of again this has nothing money, to do with him taking an situation. oath yes but that has nothing to do with him taking an oath in, on the quran right not so necessarily he's he's making when a statement you single and it's a muslim a out and you say they vote. cannot take an oath on the Quran, but you have no problems with anybody else taking an oath on their other awful holy books, then you do <laughs> seem like a like a, someone who picks on Muslims. I mean, I read an article by you that was just about like refuting things Muslims hold dear or are proud of in their history. Like, I'm not even going to engage in whether that's true or not, but you were like, the, the architecture of the dome is stolen. And well, it is. These, okay, I mean, you're okay. not aware that that's the... Uh, but you you know that Christianity Christianity came before Islam, so it might well be, but it just seems really petty that you go and you take every little thing and you pick on it. Like, what, what well, next? Actually, shawarmas. Here again, Are you going to take shawarmas? Here again, there's a context for everything. The reality is that you have all these triumphalistic programs nowadays, like the 101 Muslim Inventions, or 1001 Muslim Inventions exhibit that has been in museums all around the world, and all these extravagant claims made that Muslims have invented everything from, uh, you know, not just algebra and coffee, but uh, air flight and 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 uh, solar-centric astronomy and all these things. And uh, the, the, the 
the claims get to be wildly absurd. And well, so I wrote I'm a piece no, I'm explaining no that a great deal of these extravagant claims are entirely baseless because actually these things did not derive from Islam or Muslims at all. And, and I'm I, sure I don't if see you, that there's anything, there's nothing unreasonable or bigoted or hateful about that. It's just trying to set the record I'm sure straight. if you pick on other groups as well, you can refute some of their other things too. And I'm sure oh, that no some of the that. things Nobody that you pick up uh, with Islam are, you know, some things are worth being proud of, some things are bullshit. Uh, sure, mm-hmm. that's just how history is, right? Yeah, a lot of history books Christianity are... Christianity and the Bible, and the no, reality is I'm Christianity might to... be the worst thing in the world, and the Bible might be the worst book in the world, but that does not, that fact, if it is a fact, does not minimize or excuse the reality of jihad and the teachings of the Quran. Never did I say it should. Never did I equate the two. In fact, I said that it poses much less of any sort of threat today simply because the book and its, uh, you know, people taking it seriously have been watered down to the point where nobody even really cares about it anymore. And that's yeah, a great that's to a great thing. degree true, yeah. Yeah. But that's what makes it so benign. The fact that Islam is taken so literally by so many people, it's like we have so many Westboro yeah. Baptist church members yeah, amongst us. I don't us. have any disagreement with you on that. Right. And so I think that, that is the problem. Christianity, when it was killing Albigensians and so on, that was reprehensible just as much as Islam. Right. But so and when, never have I said that Muslims or Islam have some monopoly on evil. Okay. Now, when you say things, when you single out Muslims... And you start pointing to their other associations when you're just talking about the Quran. What else he did? Sure, that's wrong, and I'm sure I don't agree. But I'm going to have to look into it. Those things of course, are all it can be separated. He is taking is an man. oath on a book. You can't, yeah, you object is, to the that man. That is the particular man who's taking the oath on the book. No, He's but you didn't object reasons. to him. You objected. To oh yes, I did. Taking... As a matter of fact, I just wrote another piece about no, him yesterday. It's no, but you are also objecting to Muslims taking an oath on a Quran. No American official should be taking an oath on the Quran. That's correct. Yeah, I stand by that. that okay, so see, you go back and forth a little bit. No, um, there's no back and forth in this, because this is the, I was trying to explain to you before, but uh, it's, it's, a, it's, a, it's a freewheeling and fast-moving discussion, and I respect that and I appreciate that. But I was trying to explain to you before that the, taking the oath on the Bible is something that has ha- has grown up in this political and cultural context. So that's and okay. It's essentially benign. To assert now that you're going to take the oath on the Quran is making a statement that I believe has uh, an ulterior motives, have, has several ulterior motives attached to it that go back to agendas that are not so... See, that alone is unfair. So any Muslim taking an oath on a Quran has ulterior motives. No, I think the whole initiative to try to do so, there might be some individual Muslim who is completely uh, opposed to jihad terror and completely uh, westernized, secularized, et cetera, et cetera, whatever term you want to use in that regard, who in all innocence wants to uh, take the oath on the Quran because he's proud of his cultural heritage. But we're making a hypothetical here. Uh, Ellison is brotherhood, and most of the politicians who are Muslim uh, in the United States today have ties to the brotherhood. If that is true, if that is true, that is a flaw in the system. They should not be getting where they are, right? Well, that's quite right. But that is not a problem with uh, the freedom of religion. That is not a problem with the freedom of religion. If you want that secular society, if you want people to have freedom of religion, you have to allow them the same um, kind of freedoms that Christians would have when taking the oath. 
Oh, sure. Right? So then you objecting no specifically to the Quran is a form of anti-Muslim bigotry. I don't agree. Well, you're singling Muslims out. Well, Only I'm Muslims. Trying to, I'm, I'm trying to explain to you why, but you're not interested <laughs> but in But you're saying reasons. that it's attached and with some sort of uh, ulterior motive. Why? Yeah. Why is that the case when it's Muslims and not the case when it's Christians? Well, Just like because say, the Christianity is benign now? It goes now? back to George Washington, and it's not attached to any particular political agenda today. But the people who are but putting forward But everyone Muslim this, is not attached to any particular political agenda today. Well, that's certainly true, today. but the politicians, the people who are working in this regard and trying to get that to be But those are the done, people that you have, have an issue with. So far, not the Quran. been Muslim Brotherhood individuals. The Quran, look, look, you're, I think you're conflating a few issues. You have a problem with certain people which may or may not be fair. I'll have to look into those people. But let's say, for now, you're absolutely right, okay? But the, the, that is an objection you have to those people just being sworn in. It is... Oh, yeah. But look, if, if, if you're having trouble understanding or you think that I'm fudging on this, let me be perfectly clear. There is a problem with the Quran specifically, in particularly in regard to the deception. It's ironic to take an uh, oath to uphold the law on a book that sanctions deceiving and not a well, what about a book that sanctions uh, okaying rapists and uh, you know letting them off with paying 50 shekels why is that okay well you know there's there the short answer to that is this that uh, neither Judaism nor Christianity have ever sanctioned that behavior those things are in Judaism they went out of uh, uh, they fell into abeyance when the temple was destroyed in 70 AD and the laws the laws of the Old Testament were part of temple worship and so were considered to be uh, unable to be applied and so you don't find them being applied in Jewish you don't history find them in being... Christianity you don't find them applied because Christianity considers those laws to have been uh, superseded or fulfilled in the crucifixion and resurrection of Christ and thus have no applicability. So you don't find any Christian church or Jewish group today saying rape is acceptable or slavery no, or all those things. No, today you don't, but and you can so find you justification a, uh, for you're, it. You're flattening in... out the historical context no, 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 in no, which no. the Bible is being used. No. Whereas, and what I'm trying to explain is, is that that historical context is essentially benign, whereas the in the Quran, in regard to the Quran being asserted uh, as to be used in that way, it's not benign. But and you're punishing so, the peaceful Muslims then who do regard well, the Quran as benign. Have some hypothetical Muslim politician who hypothetically wants to take an oath on the Quran who has nothing to do with the Brotherhood and no supremacist agenda. Why but would every Muslim politician so have a supremacist agenda? That. No, not everyone, but certainly all the ones that are on the scene, uh, Ellison, Carson, uh, they have all these ties to care, to Isna, to the Brotherhood. These things are matters of public record. Then that is, who, that so is who you have an issue I with. I see the Quran... Uh, the oath on the Quran business as part of the agenda that they are trying to further. But that's not what you say when you say no American official should be taking an oath on the Quran. Right. So you see that that can very legitimately be perceived as singling Muslims out and being anti-Muslim bigotry. Well, I don't agree. You I may or may not agree, but you can. Thing to say. 
on the basis of the contents of the Quran and the agenda the of the people who are The contents of the Bible are awful. We've talked Like I said, Judaism and Christianity have both evolved interpretative traditions that mitigate those awful that's passages right. and take away their literal uh, uh, enforcement, whereas Islam has not elaborated that kind of interpretative tradition for the Quran. Yes, but for many people, many individual Muslims, Islam is just as pick and choose. Like, I don't know how many sure. Muslims you know, but they're not robots that have of Quran inbuilt in them with yeah, DNA. If you actually knew anything about in their DNA. my work, you would know that I say that all the time. Right, but what you say and all what you... All you've read is attacks by people who have tried to discredit me. If you actually read what I actually say or watched any of my actual talks... I have watched you your would talks. See, I say this many, many times. I have repeatedly avowed that any individual Muslim may have no awareness of, as well as no allegiance to, any of this jihad imperative or However, if they were taking an oath to get into office... Yeah, I think office, that sends a bad signal, because they should not be that is take part of the uh, agenda that is being forwarded by brotherhood groups today. <laughs> so you're fine with individual Muslims, and you accept that they can be, you know, not have a supremacist agenda, um, but they just can't take an oath on their holy book. Just them. Just them. Yeah. And this Does is that sound in fair to you? Just their group. What's that now? Does that sound fair to you? Yeah, it sounds perfectly fair to me. Uh, and any Muslim who is actually loyal to the uh, principles of Western civilization, of equality of rights for all people, of uh, uh, the freedom of speech, equality of rights of women, equality of rights of non-Muslims, and so on, would understand that uh, it would send a signal that is a signal that they would not want to send because of the way that the Quran is being used by jihadis and supremacists today. And okay. the fact that there have been 30,000 jihad attacks, no comparable number of attacks by any other religious right, group right. since 9-11. I just don't think that that's a fair expectation uh, of the average peaceful Muslim to not take a vow on their holy book, which they hold dear, and they don't think it sends the message of having an Islamist supremacist agenda. Okay, well you're talking about one prudential judgment against another and you're saying that because I have one that differs from you, uh, therefore there must be some malicious intent and I'm some sort of bigot. Uh, In reality, I've explained to you that it's a perfectly reasonable thing to, in light of the nature of the Quran and the way the uh, Quran is being used and the way this agenda is being forwarded, (laughs) to say that that's not a good idea. Okay, well, we can go around in circles forever uh, about this. These people, that's correct. Yeah, Uh, so there's no point. That that means that you hate these people, but in reality, uh, it's quite clear that this has nothing to do with hate. This has to do with uh, upholding certain principles. But you want to uh, treat Muslims differently then, Right? This is one thing uh, that you're admitting that you would like no, to if treat you wanted Muslims to say, differently Like I said on. at the very beginning of this going around in circles, if you want to say no holy books will be used for oaths, that's fine by me. I think the House of Representatives actually has it right. The, 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 you know that the uh, swearing on the Quran was just symbolic, and the actual swearing in is not done with a book. Mm. All the House members swear. They just raise their right hands all in a group together. And then they have photo ops later mm-hmm. with the speaker. 
Baker, where they uh, use a holy book. But what do you think of um, using the holy? What book. do you think and, of you know, interfaith no events? Say ban the Bible because it says bad things and have nobody swearing in on it. I'm all for it. Fine, go ahead. I'm well, not going to work I'd... on that because I don't think it's important. But the reality is that I believe very strongly in non-establishment of religion in the government. And so, if you That's want great. to say That's that the Bible we share, should not then. be present in in uh, in in swearing in, then fine. That, sure, I'm not going it. to say that though it's because it's not that important. But I think was, that people. If you wanted to say it, I wouldn't go around calling you a bigot and saying you're singling out Christians. It's it's just ridiculous. If I was singling is, is out the Christians, world is on fire because of Islamic jihad, and any peaceful Muslim who g- genuinely is opposed to that should have a an awareness and an understanding of the sensitivities of this issue. The sensitivities of them simply just taking an oath on their holy book. Okay, the holy book says you want to get into it. The holy book says no. I don't want it. It says deceive unbelievers. The holy book says it says to kill me. So I get it. I get it. You're not going to be giving me any new information. The Bible says all these terrible things, and I've tried to explain to you several times now that the situation is not equivalent because the 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 the. Jewish and Christian traditions do not approach the Bible in the same way that the Islamic tradition approaches the Quran. Yes, but and you so cannot. And so if this is something that you still think is something bigoted, that's just prejudice on your no, part. No, it's not prejudice. There is a perfectly you, reasonable in a country where you want secularism and you want freedom of religion for everyone, you cannot dictate selectively what oaths people can, what books people can and cannot take oaths on. Freedom of religion and where sedition begins. Oh, okay. Well, we're just going in circles. Let's Let's go to the next. The next point um, I've heard a lot about, and I've heard you um, kind of not be clear about it, the Srebrenica genocide. The genocide mm-hmm. that never was um, mm-hmm. is what you called it, right? But then na- later, I'm going to tell you how I understand the situation. So a lot of people got upset, saying that you were downplaying it and you were denying it. Um, but then you wrote a rebuttal, and you said that you meant to question the legitimacy of the word genocide. Yeah, whether right? it's legitimately applied to the massacre. Right, so if and it's a massacre... And people say, oh, see, you don't think there was a massacre, and you just hate Muslims, and so on. No, of course there was a massacre. The question is, was it a genocide? The The term is used uh, for political purposes, and I don't think that it applies in that case. Does that mean that I am applauding the massacre that, ne- that, that obviously happened? Of course not. Does that mean that I uh, approve of it somehow? Uh, of course not. Uh, there are perfectly reasonable reasons to question the uh, applicability of the word to that. And I quoted the Yale Human Rights and Development Law Journal. You did. However, exactly you didn't thing. quote the next pages where it establishes it was ethnic cleansing. Sure. Okay. Ethnic cleansing. I never said that it wasn't ethnic cleansing. That is genocide, though. Okay, uh, that's genocide. This is just wordplay, you know? <laughs> well, I mean, uh, I can say that that's what you're doing. I'm not denying that there was a massacre, and I'm not denying that it was heinous. So what else do you want? Yeah, okay. You want me to, I have to say it's a genocide I, I or morally tell- reprehensible? No, no, is no. You- the, if the Yale Law Journal says that it was not a genocide, but it was ethnic cleansing, then your assertion that ethnic cleansing is genocide is something that the Yale Law Journal doesn't hold. And I agree with the Yale Law Journal. Okay, okay. So you're not a genocide denier. You just don't want to use the term. Look, look. In that particular instance, obviously, there have been genocides. There have been genocides. Obviously. Yeah, but you just don't think this was great enough to be termed a genocide. Right. There was something about you talking about people kind of faking it, jihadists being... Faking what? 
Right. So to consider the possibility that Muslims could have carried out any deceptive atrocity manufacturing in the Balkans, indeed some even charge that anyone who thinks that Balkan Islamic jihadists carried out any deception at all must be secretly a sympathizer of this genocide that never was. Mm-hmm. So you think that the numbers were fudged, exaggerated? Uh, yeah, I think so. It's been a long time. It's been years since I looked at it. But uh, let's see. Um, I'm not really sure about the numbers. I would have to look into it more. This is another one of those things where you're taking one post out of 40,000, and this is this big deal on my rap sheet, and this is something because that Janet I have given went, hardly any thought to whatsoever. Yeah, but you the see why? Why it's a big reasons. deal? No, the fact is that they're perfectly legitimate reasons to question the use of the term in this case. And uh, as explained in the Yale Human Rights and Development Law Journal, I don't think there's any, you know, you guys never say the Yale Human Rights and Development Law Journal is racist and bigoted and Islamophobic. Because they don't seem to be no downplaying it. You've only quoted case. them in one little area and you did not quote the next part where they assert that it was ethnic cleansing. They're not well, downplaying fine. it at all. Fine, I'll quote the next part that says it was ethnic cleansing. I never denied it was ethnic cleansing. Okay. I mean, you're, you're, you're imputing maliciousness on my part for an editorial choice that actually had more to do with brevity than anything else. Well, I didn't if even that's know the, the case, then that's that fine, but cleansing. I'm just going to ask you. I didn't you. even realize the next thing said ethnic cleansing. I didn't read it that far. Right. I saw that they said that it was not genocide. I said, that's what I need to have to, to, to defend myself, and I put that in. If you want me to go back and revise it so that it it says the part with ethnic cleansing, I'll do, go do that as soon as we're done. I excellent, you. excellent. But um, I think the part about where you're blaming it on Muslims being deceptive is upsetting to Muslims, right? Are you saying there's no deception? Are you aware of Pallywood and the whole Palestinian grievance program that fabricates uh, atrocities by Israel? No, no, no. I'm sure there are people that are deceptive, but you always zero in instead of expressing compassion at something that you call a massacre. You're focusing on the people that are deceptive. Yeah, I wasn't talking about the massacre. I was talking about the political use being made of it. Okay. Okay. I mean, people say that you you denied the, the genocide, but then you denied your denial. So that's... Well, that's their, their line. I mean, the reality <laughs> is that uh, I denied the that the use the term was applicable, and that's all. I never denied the massacre or the ethnic cleansing or anything of that kind. Right, right. Um, yeah. So these are just some comments from people that uh, commented on you denying it. Maybe yeah, you know what? I'll tell you something. Um, I've written an awful lot of stuff, and if you were disposed, if I you if you, I'm sure I don't know. Do you you write things? Yeah. Uh, okay, so. Uh, I could easily go into your writings and find something and take it out of context and try to impute malicious intent. And it would be very easy to build a rap sheet on you the same way that the rap sheet is built on me. Go for the reality it. is that I have always stood for human rights, the equality of all people before the law, the equality of women with men, you the have, equality of non-Muslims with You Muslims. have absolutely have not. Just in this conversation, in you haven't. It's just Muslims. You don't want to be taking oaths on their holy holy book. That's you know, not human rights. Quite a long that's, time not equi- that's not equality and, before uh, the law. So don't. you're misrepresenting when you say you have always stood for that because you don't always stand for that. You think no, Obama may, think that that is, may that be lying and you think he may be deceiving people that he's a Muslim. 
right? So, okay, so that means I don't believe in equality of rights of all people before the law? No, but you single out Muslims (laughs) time and time again. Just look at these pieces put together. Yeah, that's what I write about. I write about the jihad threat. So the the fact is... Well, it's been known to be the misnamed... It's as if you were saying to a cardiac surgeon, you're always talking about the heart. You never talk about podiatry. No, because you... the, 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 The fact is that the thing about the oath, they're perfectly reasonable reasons, as I tried to explain to you, for holding that. It doesn't have anything to do with equality of rights of all people before the law. And if you have a, if you find that non-Muslim brotherhood Muslim politician who rejects jihad and Sharia explicitly and honestly and wants to take the oath on the Quran, then sure. I don't know what's wrong with the American system that they've let only... Only uh, people who kind of support, support the jihad, according to you, and Muslim Brotherhood, look only up, them look advance. Look at read my I'll article. Look him, I'll, today. Well, look your article is going to be biased, don't you think? Well, look, I try scrupulously to be accurate. If you can find anything inaccurate I said about Ellison, I will publicly retract. Well, that's very good to hear. Um, but I'm not going to dedicate like my year to just reading your articles and refuting all the things that you wrote. I'm pointing out why people might think that you're an anti-Muslim bigot. Right. And you I'm write to about jihad. I write about Islam. I write about Islam, too. And you know what? I've been called an anti-Muslim bigot more times than of I course, care. Of course, everybody who speaks honestly about this is called an anti-Muslim bigot. That's what Majid Nawaz found out to his shock and horror. It's not shocking to me. Lawson. It's unfortunate. That's how... Uh, how much it's people dig do. their it's a tactic. right? And Southern you, Poverty Poverty it, Law it, Center put you guys all on the same list, and I don't right. think that's fair. And it has no more validity regarding me than it does regarding Majid Nawaz. Yeah, I don't know if you belong on that list, but do you think anyone belongs on that list? No, I think the list in itself is a hit list. They're trying to get us killed, and they're trying to get also, you killed. It's a Mcarthyite uh, defamation. In terms of, there's uh, no doubt uh, that it's unfair us. in how it's placed uh, people and kind of made that equation with um, uh, if if KKK type groups are what they usually target and that's important work, then mm-hmm. Majid certainly. I don't know you well enough. I can say for sure, Majid certainly, Ayan certainly do not belong on that. I know that you're not like a KKK guy, but I don't think well, I don't the like skills. Obama enough. <laughs> See, you're putting words in my mouth. No, I'm not you calling said it you before. an extremist. You, said that you don't believe in equality of rights of all people before the law, and one of your examples was that I didn't like Obama. No, my example was that you're doubting his very religion. You're saying that he's fooling people and say like I didn't say that. I said oh, it was a oh yeah, you, oh, yeah. Of course, it's a possibility. That's a very, very important g- distinction. Of course, it's a yeah. very important distinction. Yes, yes, yes. You're very good at that, though, to not deny but yeah, also making deny. distinctions is good. Making distinctions is how you get to the truth. That's not a Tarring distinction. Tarring everything in the same way. That's how you mislead. Uh, Obama, and maybe, so maybe, maybe is you, a Muslim. You want to elide over distinctions I've made in order to portray me in a negative light. No. And that's just, that's I said it at the very unfair. beginning. And that I think you, anybody hearing this will see that. I'm not trying to be unfair. In fact, I'm trying very hard to be fair. I have, okay. from the start, said that you put in the not necessarily caveat, um, but this is what this is what happens. You say something absurd or unfair, and then you put in not necessarily. So that covers your ground. And so you think it's absolutely absurd on the face of it that Obama has some sort of a uh, strong affinity to Islam? Secret Muslim agenda? Yes. I didn't say he had a secret Muslim agenda. 
I said that he had a high regard for Islam coming from his upbringing and that he also said that it's good for individuals and societies. In that same talk, he said every demonstration he favored was in favor of establishing an Islamic state or preserving one. Everyone he opposed was against Islam. Do you think that's a a deliberate pattern? Like he wants to... um, I, I don't think it's know. remarkable. Do you don't think it's striking that he he wouldn't support the Iranian Green Movement, but he supported all the Muslim Brotherhood Arab Spring uprising? I don't. You don't think, think that's remarkable? I don't think he has a secret Islamist agenda. That's what I don't think, and I know you don't, I don't explicitly think that it's all that say secret. that. I think that he uh, he obviously openly thinks that it's Islam is a great thing. No, but he's probably just respecting it out of the general way theists okay. respect religion. I don't okay. think he's trying to impose Islam on anyone. I, mean, I don't think so. I never said he was. I don't think he has a secret that he's a Muslim. I don't think he's lying to people. I don't think he's tricking them by trying okay. to say he's Christian, but he's really secretly following the Muslim prophet Jesus. I mean, these are strange things to say. Yeah, I suggested that it's a possibility. I didn't say that it, that was exactly what was happening. Well, I mean, I can suggest a lot of possibilities. I can say, well, it's a possibility you're in the KKK, but not necessarily, right? Yeah, that's a reasonable thing to suggest, and then I would reasonably... Why is that reasonable to suggest? So why is it absolutely unreasonable to suggest this regarding Obama? It's a reasonable thing to suggest, not because of anything I've done, but I mean, or said, for that matter, but the fact that this is so often, that any opposition to jihad terror is so often referred to as racism, it's something that I'm perfectly willing to refute, perfectly willing to address, perfectly happy to do so. And I, and, and I wouldn't even be offended by your asking it. As a matter of fact, I was expecting you to do so. And so I don't know why it's offensive on its face and, and evidence of bigotry to wonder uh, things about Obama that he has abundantly established by his behavior. Do you often wonder about people's, no, as I told people you before, lying about their religion? As I told you before, I was asked the question at a talk, and I answered it. It is by no means a central aspect of my work. I, I understand, but these are your books, thoughts, actually. right? You've yeah, written sure. a lot of books. I'm not saying that you've written books yeah, you on Obama being a secret Muslim. Of course I haven't, yeah. Them, and you don't really know what I'm all about. All you've read are some attack pieces, uh-huh. and that gives you a very mis- leading picture of what well, I'm why about. is it why is it that so many people attack what what is causing people to mislead everyone about you what's causing this to happen is it's not just about me there were 15 people on the list and the SPLC but list you have a pretty a good example uh, strong what, reputation uh, you and Pam yeah, Geller the are. SPLC list is a good example of what happens to anybody who speaks honestly about these issues I have it worse and Geller has Why it do worse you have because it worse? we have been at this longer than most of the people. Most of the people who are on that list, are not all of them. Pipes, of course, goes way back, far, far, far beyond me. He's older than I am. So and, you don't uh, think that Geller the, ever peddles any anti-Muslim conspiracy theories? No, of course not. It's Never. just it's just the same kind of defamation, the uh-huh. same kind of smear mongering that is uh, perpetrated against everybody who speaks honestly about this threat. And it's uh, the same thing now that's happening to Ayan and to Majid. And they're shocked, or Majid is shocked. Ayan didn't say anything. Yeah. But Majid is shocked because uh, he didn't expect it. He thought that he was going to be able to draw some distinction between himself as the reasonable critic of Islam <laughs> and the supposedly racist bigots like Spencer. Mm. And the reality is, is that they don't care. The SPLC don't love you. The SPLC don't care. They're going to tar anybody who 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 speaks out however 
uh, carefully. Well, why do you think so many Westerners are so resistant to criticism of Islam? Well, there are a variety of reasons. One is that the Brotherhood groups in the U.S., CARE, ISNA, and the rest of them, they've carried out a very skillful, very skillful, really, I, my hat's off to them, a remarkable public relations campaign for several decades now, not just uh, after 9-11, but before it as well, to stigmatize and demonize anybody who speaks out. And so that's what I ran up against. I didn't realize it existed when but I started. But it's not just them. And it's not even, it's, it's people that haven't even heard of them. It, well, I mean, it's correct, happening in Canada. Successfully, per, successfully propagated into the wider culture the idea that to oppose these things, to speak about the motivating ideology of the jihadis, is racist and bigoted. Why? And so Why have people, people bought into that? To racism and bigotry, they pick up on that and they accept it uncritically. Whereas I invite anyone who. But are uh, people this ridiculously stupid that they can just pick up no, on just propaganda? The people don't have time to. You know, you haven't made any serious effort to look into what I actually teach, what I actually say. And people just don't have time. They're busy. They have lives. People don't have time to think about Spencer. I wouldn't be so self infatuated as to assume that they would. Well, and you so know, I have read some of your pieces. Or Nice I have... Mangoes comes along and says that I'm a terrible bigot. And they say, oh, well, he's a terrible bigot. <laughs> Let me turn the other way. But and, I wouldn't uh, say that they, they without having... They, they don't have the time or the interest enough to look in to see whether Robert, it's a fair case or not. as a critic of Islam myself, why would I unfairly, unfairly call you a bigot when I do well, want I think Islam criticized? Well, apparently because I don't like Obama or oaths on the Quran. And so, I tried to make a case regarding both. When you single if out you Muslims, than, here's a, here's what I, okay, I'm going to ask you what your definition of anti-Muslim bigotry is and if you think it exists. I'm going to tell you mine first. I okay. think anti-Muslim bigotry is when you single out Muslims unfairly and want less freedom for them in a situation or pick on them just for their religion. It, just because they're Muslim doesn't mean that they endorse the whatever bullshit is in the Quran. Doesn't mean that they are all like in a married children or whatever. Uh, right. I've never said anything of that kind. I'm not saying that you are, but, but I'm no, you're, just... You're trying to say that the oath thing is singling them out and saying that there should be less freedom when actually it comes in the context of... Uh, the the Brotherhood agenda. No, because that's what you have a problem with. The then particular you don't... contents of the Quran and how those contents are interpreted in the Muslim mainstream. No, that's no. and so that is something that w where we differ. But I don't think that that is a matter of uh, uh, singling out Muslims in some bigoted way. It's a recognition of the reality of the situation that we're so in. So the today reality globally. of the situation is because there's a lot of Muslim assholes out there, and there are. Um, yeah. Muslim non-assholes should not be allowed to take an oath on their holy book. Well, like I say, I don't have any interest if you want to ban Bibles, the, the oath no, on no, the Bible. That's, but that's not, no what you, that's, that. not what you that's not what you said, though. But I'm speaking specifically about the contents of the Quran. If the Bible were being used by global uh, terror groups and pointed to to justify the actions of those terror groups on a global scale today, then I would say the same thing about the Bible. Yes. Okay. But because there is there is undeniably a problem in Islam, I sp I've spent a lot of time talking about it. So I'm not even debating you on that. There is undeniably a problem with terrorism, with extremism among Muslims. But that doesn't mean that peaceful Muslims should not be allowed to put their hand on their holy book and take 
Well, here again, you know, we've spent hours talking about this. But this now is not I'm just okay. This is you're, you picked some one thing out of one article. Yeah, but you're that saying I wrote. That this about is not everything. You're saying that about everything. I've I've commented. Is, yeah, on. that's right. Because you've been picking on Minutiae. Well, obviously, this whole time. I'm going to you pick been, certain topics. I'm not going to take your thirty to books and talk about them. My whole life has been dedicated to keeping Muslim politicians from swearing in on the Quran. I never said it was. I think it's a bad idea. I don't think it's discriminatory. I think that any Muslim who actually genuinely rejects jihad and sharia would not want to take the oath but on the it's Quran genuinely that you have a hard time establishing it's what is gen being genuine when a muslim is genuine you have a hard time establishing that i mean you couldn't even establish that from majid you said he you know well, arose suspicion he attacked you think? sure but I, does that mean that he's me a jihadist for, and he attacked me for saying that there was a problem within islam it was actually usama hassan but majid was sitting right there you can watch the video and he was sitting the there video, with Tommy Robinson and Kevin Carroll. And Osama Hassan said that Spencer says that there is a problem within Islam. Now, you guys don't think that, right? And Tommy and Kevin nodded. And Majid was very happy because they he nodded had actually to whispered to Osama Hassan. Uh, yeah, they're they, they irrelevant. But the point is that Usama Hassan, uh, Majid had just whispered to him right before that. And uh, Usama Hassan nodded and, and, and then said something that obviously he and Majid agreed upon. Now, the fact is there is a problem. Of course Islam. there is a problem. And so for, to attack me on that basis, you think I, I, I shouldn't be suspicious because of that? No. I shouldn't think there's something off about that? No, because well, any theist— I respectfully theist, disagree. Because theists will de defend their faith. That's what they do. That doesn't mean they're extremists. Okay. now is not the time to do that. Now is the time to reform it. Now is the time to fix it. If they really are uh, sincere about that— then they got to acknowledge there's a problem. Sure, you and I you agree. You can't fix it if you unless you admit you it's broken. You can't just go around casting suspicion of jihadism, Islamism on it, on anyone that defends their faith, because most Muslims will defend their faith. Well, that I don't I think that uh, I don't have any apologies to make. You watch the video, you'll see what Usama Hassan said, and I think that what he said was false on the face of it. Majid Nawaz is agreeing; they're attacking me on that basis. I think there's perfectly reasonable grounds for what I said in response. You can, I think, perfectly reasonable to disagree with them, to dislike them, to criticize them. But this yeah. charge, you know, that also what charge? What charge? This exactly? charge of them being uh, arousing suspicion all of a sudden. About you know whether they're jihadists or Islamists. That well, I, that they arouse suspicion. Yeah, when they attack me on the basis of saying there's a problem within Islam and saying there's no problem with Islam, that is their yeah, theist I think instinct. That arouses suspicion. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Well, um, do you think anti-Muslim bigotry is a thing? Of course. Do you know anyone that's an anti-Muslim bigot? Uh, personally, I don't think so. Um, I have encountered them though. Like who? Like what situation? No, people I don't know. People like at, uh, at rallies and so on. What? You know, I remember uh, we were having, uh, Geller and I were having our uh, in a rally in Columbus, Ohio for Rivka Barry, the girl who uh, her uh, father threatened to kill her for leaving Islam. And she fled the home and then yeah. the, the parents yeah, tried to get, her. The, get her back. Big custody battle, you know. She was 17. And uh, anyway, so we were having a rally for Rifka, and uh, those Islam is of the devil people showed up with their Islam is of the devil t-shirts, and we were mortified, and we tried to get them to go away, and that's mm -hmm. nothing, nothing of what we represent. Okay, that's good to hear, but do you, do you think you'd ever speak out against anti-Muslim bigots? Speak out against anti-Muslim bigots? Yeah. Well, uh, the fact like, would is you ever write a piece? Or... I, 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 I think that the, that would be leading with my chin. 
the the to speak out against anti-Muslim bigots would be to acknowledge that they had some connection with me, which they don't. I don't no, have any to speak out them. against them would acknowledge a connection with you. Yeah, it would be like saying I'm responsible for this, and so I have to disavow it. I'm not. Well, no, no, no. I speak out against anti-Muslim bigots all the time, but that doesn't mean I'm disavowing it or that it's to do with me. It's just that this is something I disapprove of. Okay, well, I write about jihad, and there's plenty of other evil in the world, and anti-Muslim bigots are part of that. Okay. I have no problem with saying that whatsoever. Great. Am I going to make it a big concern when they start flying planes into buildings and beheading people? Is sure. that the standard, though? Do they have to yeah. behead people? Yeah, that's the standard, yeah. That's how when bad they when, have when to be. When you have a violent group that is actually victimizing people, then I uh, will work to oppose it. In the meantime, you're talking about unpleasant people who have rhetoric that you don't like and that I don't like. And they're nuisances and they're obnoxious, but they're not really hurting anybody. They're not threatening anybody. And until they do, then... Well, you know, what about the people who have their hijabs ripped off in the subways yeah, and terrible. stuff? that's terrible. That's lousy. And I've denounced that at Jihad Watch many times. That's if you good. actually read my work, you would know that. I'm not going to have time to read all your work, as you said, <laughs> rightly, right? Like, I don't yes. read all well, if everybody's work. you, if you work. want to look, in, in all seriousness, you look back and you will see many, many times over the years, I have said that it's reprehensible and anybody who does that ought to be prosecuted to the fullest extent of the good. law. And there's no excuse for it. I have denounced that repeatedly. Good. Then maybe, maybe someday. Maybe what they're saying about me is not really true. You know, but, uh, maybe. <laughs> well, um, I don't know to what extent. Like, I think people are more terrified of people that criticize Islam than they need to be. I am obviously not. Uh, I well, think how, many, how, many, how many people have Islamophobes killed? Uh, Islamic jihadis killed 63 people uh, last year. And how many did Islamophobes kill? Um, I don't think that murder is a standard for which oh, I we do. should... I do. I think it's a really, really We should standard. wait until people start murdering Muslims to denounce... No, not wait. Uh, like I say, I've denounced the uh, people who ripped there off you the That's all. Many times. That's all that's needed, though. It's just not that big a deal. It's not in, that big a deal to you to because... Islamic jihadis. There was yeah, a woman who lost... in the gay nightclub. That's a big deal. Of course that's a big some, deal, some, but some I'm not idiot, equating them. Some, some drunk fool yelling at uh, some Muslim. It's unfortunate. It's embarrassing it's a shame okay but, but you know a woman killed, a woman in i think it know, was spain lost I've her been, baby I've been yelled at myself on 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 buses so have i for many and, reasons uh, you know i just lived to tell the tale okay hold on let me finish okay this woman she lost her baby because a bunch of football hooligans or whatever kicked her in the stomach so many times that's terrible i hope it they is terrible i hope but you jail. see what i'm saying yeah that it, it doesn't have to be I mean, murder thing. there's nothing in my work that in any way ever I'm not saying I am not saying there is but I'm saying that if once in a while you vocalized this no, and I'm not, not gonna, just I'm in not passing play into the hands of, okay. of of those who hate me by appearing that defensive I don't have it's any responsibility defensive. for football hooligans and I'm not going to imply that I do the fact how is am that I asking I you to take responsibility how am I asking you to take responsibility? I'm not. Well, you're asking me to, to, to denounce something. I mean, look, I'll give you an example. This is what I mean. David Duke. Nobody ever hears about David Duke, the KKK guy, except every four years. I hear about him years. a lot. Yeah. Nobody ever hears about him except every four years when there's a presidential election. Yeah. And then the mainstream press goes crazy trying to get the Republican candidate to disavow him. And <laughs> the thing is, is that it's all absurd because but Donald course, Trump couldn't. He doesn't really have anything to do but with Trump what the Republican candidate is all about. Not. But they're trying to create the association. 
And so then trying to create the association, they're asking to disavow, which even suggests in the first place that there was an association. And that's why Trump was reluctant, because he didn't have anything to do with David Duke to start with. Well, and so if I he mean, says, I a lot of Muslims him, don't have anything we, to we, do we with were, Muslim we were, extremists. Now we're, we're, we're breaking up. And the the fact is that uh, there was nothing to it to start with, and that's what I'm talking about. It's not that that's I hesitate, why uh, so many Muslims. The behavior is not reprehensible. Hold on. The behavior is absolutely reprehensible, but the fact is that the the attempt to uh, to to uh, force some sort of disavowal suggests responsibility, which I do not have. Nobody is holding you responsible for the KKK. Oh, sure. Plenty of people, not for the KKK, but for, look, I've been blamed many times. I was blamed for the uh, killing in New Jersey. I think that's really a, unfair. Uh, uh, yeah, it is. But it's, um, it's exactly what's, what, what, what I'm talking about, that uh, these things, Reza Aslan blamed me for the killing in California of the woman with the hijab that turned out to be by her husband. Actually, the one in New Jersey was by her husband, too. And uh, both of them were blamed on so-called anti-Muslim extremists. And I was explicitly singled out for blame in both of those cases. And the reality is that, you know, I, the, they were both honor killings. Look, I were don't, both killings by the husband of the wife. I don't think do that you should be blamed for extremism anyway but the idea is that see they they try to get you in a position where you have to say oh no no i had nothing to do with that as if you're arousing the the climate that leads to it to start with which is completely bogus um well i think that donald trump is making a climate that does start that does start that kind of hatred well i respectfully disagree Okay. Well, um, he couldn't denounce the KKK. Now you're going to say it's probably what? Why? Because he didn't want he didn't have to. Anything to do with the KKK. He doesn't have. But he didn't exactly have that, anything to that, do with it. But any right. reasonable person exactly should be able you're to say the KKK. Saying, no. See, it's like when did you stop beating your wife? The question itself is framed in a way. To That's be not how Donald saw no it, though. He, he was said. not offended. And so it's like when you're saying, "Did do you disavow the KKK?" It's implying that you had some association with them to start with. Is that what? Is that how he framed it? Is that was he offended? He didn't even seem offended. He was just like, I don't know enough about them. Yeah, well, so uh, I mean, I don't know what Donald Trump knows and doesn't know. I don't find him to be extraordinarily articulate or quick on his feet. And, uh, you know, ultimately, I don't really care. If I were actually worried that the KKK, I mean, I know probably the left is really worried that David Duke is going to be secretary of state or something. But I don't really think the KKK is going to play any role in his administration. So it just doesn't bother me. Mm. The KKK doesn't bother you? No, the fact that the, the that he refused or hesitated or whatever. I know he disavowed him ultimately. Ultimately, but, that he didn't but do it right away. That doesn't what, concern what? me. What? What kind of person is going to put like some serious thought into disavowing the KKK? How I can explain these things to you over and over, and then you just keep asking me. It's like you're not listening. I, I love listening. you, but I just don't understand you. Uh, the 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 I, I just explained to you that the the request to disavow implies an association to begin but he, with. Okay, maybe so to a person who was offended that at that request. To get into. I don't know. But don't Donald know is <laughs> ask him about himself. I, yeah, I, I wish I'd get a chance to talk to him. Having a role in his administration, so the, the the incident doesn't bother me. And then you ask, oh, the KKK doesn't bother you? No, listen to what I'm saying. I'm listening. I don't think the KKK is going to play a role in his administration. That's, that's great. And but so you, you, okay, what do you think of the guy, Steve Bannon? Does not bother me. Is he a white supremacist? Is he an anti. No, of course, Steve Bannon is not a white supremacist. Okay. This is just more of these uh, fabrication. Okay. Is he anti Semitic? 
Of course not. Okay. His ex-wife said that in divorce proceedings. Meanwhile, his partner is Joel Pollock, who's an Orthodox Jew. Uh-huh. I have met both Bannon and Pollock. I know how closely they work together. Uh-huh. And he, uh, he, he. What's the guy's name? Larry something Solov. I forget his name. I don't know. But the guy who who actually runs Breitbart and he partners with Bannon, another Jew. Do you think Bannon Breitbart is Pamela a good Geller. publication? Bannon, if you look back at, uh, at at Breitbart archives, you'll see when Bannon was there, Pamela Geller was writing articles like many times more than twice more than once a week and she's she's a very proud jew and proud zionist and so you're telling me that this 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 creepy anti-semite he just happens to uh partner with work with work for and promote jews no i'm not telling you anything i'm just asking your opinion on him (laughs) okay but uh do you like breitbart do you find it yeah yeah, it's being calumniated now, but it's not. It's not a problem. It's just. Uh, it's 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 a news site uh, from the conservative side. Uh huh. Do you think it's a reliable news source? I haven't found it to be unreliable. I okay. can't vouch for everything on it. I don't read it that closely. Okay. Um, what do you think of interfaith events? Uh, which ones? Any. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, have at it. I'm asking, are you open to, like, an interfaith event at, say, a mosque or something? Yeah, sure, as long as it's not a deception session, and the problem is most of them are. That oh. They go in and the imams tell the, tell them all about how Islam is a religion of peace and so on. And Do you uh, think someone actually believes that their religion is a religion of peace, however they delude themselves, whatever cognitive dissonance? Well, I don't think that an imam who's studied the Quran, presumably, and dedicated his life to teaching it, presumably— he knows he knows what it's about um but you know that how theists justify these things to themselves right they well, will that's say a, that's that a big it generalization is, they're theists okay. and they're theists Muslim i don't like to generalize about people <laughs> often justify the horrible passages in the quran to themselves by saying that oh 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 i don't think it's honest and i don't agree with it at all but i'm just saying that they'll make excuses even to themselves that's fair enough i'm sure that plenty do make excuses for themselves to to themselves themselves. it's a very good point you know i I remember there was a muslim blogger samir parker and uh he wrote a lengthy uh piece about what a terrible person i was and i thought it was really quite thoughtful and uh, much, much more than most of them. And so I actually bookmarked it. I was in a hurry at the time. And I bookmarked it and meant to go back to it and respond. And then, of course, you know, I'm generally very busy and I forgot about it. But I kept the bookmark. And then uh, somebody emailed me one day and they said, you really got to go to Samir Parker's website. And I couldn't believe it. I went to his website and it was gone. And there was a note from him. All the content was gone. And the note said... Uh, I have, uh, on further study and reflection, I've realized that Robert Spencer was right in what he was saying about Islam. And so I am uh, closing this website and leaving Islam. And that's the last anybody's heard of him. I don't know where the man is. I wish him all the best. I hope he is well, happy, prospering, thriving, and so on. Well, I don't but, think you uh, have to agree with Robert Spencer to leave Islam or to that's just That's what the man said. It. I didn't okay. say that. Yeah, I didn't yeah. say that. I said, this is what this man said. Uh-huh. Okay, well, I'm just stating that, you know, we can leave Islam and we don't have to agree with Robert Spencer at all. And when did I assert the contrary? I'm not saying you did. I'm just making an additional point. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. But so, you'd be open to... An interfaith event at a mosque. As long as it's not not an exercise in pedophilia. A deception, deception. right. But most of them are 
Yeah. And I mean, I mean, if even, you if, ask even me, if you take even if you take what you're saying, which is which is perfectly reasonable, that these people they they deceive themselves, they uh, they they want to tell, they want to put the best face on it. After all, this is their culture, their family, their history, their life, and mm-hmm. so they put the best face on it. They minimize the difficulties. I understand that entirely, and they uh, tell people in all good faith that uh, there is really no problem and that it's really fine. That's fine. They're great people. Mm-hmm. Terrific. But the fact is the exercise is still futile. Mm. The The exercise is still deceptive and misleading for mm-hmm. the audience, yeah. no matter what the good intentions may be of the interlocutor. And so it's still a waste of time. But do you think it's effective to make build bridges with Muslims to to try to curb this radicalization problem? Absolutely. Absolutely. That's why I said that any Muslim who renounces jihad and Sharia supremacism and so on, I'm happy to work with. And that's a standing offer. Do you think they're going to come to you? Nope. No. Why do you think that is? I think that uh, it's for a variety of reasons. One of them is because I have this reputation, which I don't think is justified, but I have it, and so they they don't want the association. Uh And also it is because I do say that there is a problem within the Quran, that the obviously the Islamic jihadis use the Quran to incite violence and to justify it. And I'm one of the very few people who dares to point that out. Well, I say and that too. That, that's very problematic. And that I makes say them, that too, uh, but I don't have the reputation because, you do. You know, challenging, well, yeah, but you will. If you, if you continue in this line and you attain a certain measure of prominence, you'll end up on the SPLC list. You won't be exempt. <laughs> they won't say, oh, no, she's, she's reasonable. He's bigoted. They didn't do it for Majid, and they won't do it for you. Because uh-huh. in reality, the only things that make people think that what I'm saying is terrible and hateful are things that are trumped up or exaggerated or willfully taken out of context or misunderstood. Uh, the, 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 things, the things that we've had discussed at such length about Obama and the Quran oath are cases in point. And I see, I didn't take it out of context. I didn't misunderstand this, you. Anybody who does this is going to get tarred in that way because that's what they do. Well, um, the sad truth is that you're probably right about that because everyone that criticizes Islam does get tarred. Yep. Um, and it's ridiculous. I've just been tarred the for 20 years, and you haven't been doing it that long or at the same level. Of Not problems. at all. No, no. I would so have been that's, much that's too why young I have at that the point. Long rap sheet. You'll get it. Uh, have <laughs> well, oh, thank you, Robert. You give me so much hope. That's just the way it is. It's what they do. <laughs> they. And the last thing, see, the last thing that people like you and Majid ought to be doing is demonizing me and buying their propaganda. You ought to allow me to explain this rap sheet I in am, good faith I am, and though. understand that I am not in the least interested in uh, hurting any innocent person or anybody who is not involved in this jihad in de- uh, agenda or the Sharia supremacist okay, agenda. Okay, but the problem I'm not is the least interested you in seem to cast a very Muslims. wide net. No, for your, yeah, not really. because because yeah, not as many people as you think that are jihadists or Islamists or Sharia supremacists are. Uh, there are you know undoubtedly I, that, because you 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 have suspicions about Majid. That's well, how. Yeah, I told you why. We, we, we keep going around and around in okay. circles. I okay. have already explained to you why I had suspicions All about right. magic. Well, okay. And I think that anybody who, when he knows what's in the Quran, still asserts that Islam is a religion of peace, you got to wonder about his level of honesty. Well, you just said that maybe people delude themselves. Maybe. 
Maybe he has. But he's a public Muslim reformer. And so he's got a certain position of responsibility that the average Joe but he is a or the Muslim. average Yusuf might not have. So he's yeah, sure. not going he to think Islam is horrible. And I've also heard him say Islam is something. not a religion of violence or a religion of peace. I it's had just a good a friend, Tashbi Syed. My, my dear friend Tashbi Syed passed away in 2006. And he was a Muslim. He and I went to Israel together. And uh, he was on the board of Jihad Watch, and he was a terrific guy, one of one of the best people I've known in my life. And Tashbi, actually, you can look him up, Tashbi Syed. You can look up his articles; they're still online. And he said forthrightly that uh, there needs to be within the Muslim community a reevaluation of the idea of Muhammad as the perfect man and the Quran as the perfect book. That's all. I get it. What, 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 and 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 he was a Muslim. Sure, but he did not have any hesitation in. Uh, I don't know how you can how or you in can... allowing for criticism of the Quran or Muhammad, and so I don't know why that's so hard for Majid Nawaz. It's it, I it, can't Tashbi explain was, that uh, to just you. Just as Muslim as he is, because well. You see, people are different degrees of Muslim. Depends. Of course. So, as I have said many times, and you would know if you looked into my work, oh my there's goodness, a spectrum of belief, again. knowledge, and fervor yeah. among Muslims like there is among anything else, anybody yeah, else. Yeah, so if he is less so offended people by who are people... are very knowledgeable and very devout, and people who are not knowledgeable or devout. There are people who are knowledgeable and not devout, people who are devout and not knowledgeable, right. and every spectrum in between. Right. And so you can't generalize, and I never have, uh-huh. about what all Muslims think or something of that kind. Uh-huh. Okay. But if your friend is not offended by, um, I guess, discrediting Muhammad or whatever, that doesn't mean that every reformer will be okay with that, right? So just because well, Majid— Well, Muhammad did said and did certain things according to the uh, Sirah and the Hadith. He did. And so, but some people yeah, discount I mean, I don't think the he, Hadith. He actually existed, but— in, Yeah, that's in, also in very, Hadith, very much a possibility. Right. I wrote a book about it. I'll send it to you if you want. <laughs> okay. uh, but uh, the fact is that he, within the bounds of Islamic tradition, he said and did certain things. And uh, those things are, when the Hadith are considered authentic, are normative for Islamic law. And but are there are Quranist the Muslims who just disregard Hadith. Yeah, but that's a tiny minority of Muslims. You talk about a tiny minority, that's a tiny minority. Yeah, yeah. Uh, the the and- Hadith... Most of the, the, I mean, all the schools of Islamic jurisprudence, the Shafi'i, Maliki, Hanafi, and Hanbali in the Sunni side, and the mm-hmm. Jafaris and all the others in the, among the Shia, they all teach that you have to have the Hadith mm-hmm. because the Hadith tell you what Muhammad said and did, and the Quran tells you Muhammad is the perfect man, um, tells you that Muhammad is the excellent example of conduct. Right, and so but let you me have tell to emulate you, Muhammad, and the Hadith the real world Muhammad example. Is. So mainstream Islam. Hold on, hold on. Most of the Muslims in the world today belong to one or the other. Yes, of but the you are giving the them way too much credit for knowing their scripture. No, not. I just told you a minute ago that there are plenty who do not know or do not care or some combination of both. Yes. But when you're talking about people who have knowledge of it, these things are in there. Mm. So, I mean, I, I, as I, as I said, I don't agree with Majid on the, on Islam itself. But I'm not going to be suspicious of him just because well, he. he I, I've already answered this. Okay, okay I've okay, already answered okay. this. I really don't have anything else to yeah, say about okay. Majid. Okay. What about Faisal? Why do you think he's an imbecilic bigot that reflects badly on Sam Harris? Oh, that guy, uh, Faisal, Faisal Mutar. That's right. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. Wow. What a nut. 
Why? Man, he's really unhinged. Why? Just go read the Twitter feed. Go read how he, he was at me on Twitter. And I thought, this guy, maybe he's drunk, maybe he's high or something, but he's really out of control. What did I he mean, do he that was, was out of control? What is bigoted oh, about goodness. him, first of all? He was, uh, well, uh, bigoted? Yeah, you called him an imbecilic bigot. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know what the connection was. I don't remember. Okay, fair enough. But, but yeah, uh, I just think he's he's obviously nuts. He's obviously unhinged. I, I don't think the, so. The, the Twitter feed. I and saw some of your exchanges. Me. I think he uh-huh. was just um, criticizing you and. Yeah, he so was criticizing were, me. I asked him for substantiation of all his charges. He didn't answer a single one. He didn't, he didn't send you any links to things? He didn't a single shred of evidence. All he did was continue to Hector and call names. He was absolutely unhinged. Uh, go look, that go read seems it. really I mean, out of character for Faisal. But, yeah, I thought, um, I thought maybe he was drinking. Oh gosh, I don't know if that's a fair charge at all. Faisal nothing is a wrong, really good. Nothing wrong with nothing wrong with uh, having a few drinks. But stay away from voice. Twitter when you do. You know, it's a good rule of thumb. Yeah, well, I don't. I don't know if one needs to be drunk to be upset with Robert Spencer. That's correct. I never said that. Okay, so maybe he just wasn't, and he was just uh, no. The fact is, what I'm, the reason you. why I'm saying this is because he didn't substantiate any of his charges. He kept piling up more. He was sneering, arrogant, condescending, rude, insulting, repeatedly, and repeatedly in the most vile and unhinged language, attacking. And so I thought, you know, this guy—he's just not. He's not behaving like somebody who is sober and in his right mind. I think he just—he just called you a bigot, right? That's what no, he said. No, there was quite a bit more than that. There was more Go than that. I will. Oh, yeah. I'll look it up. I'll look it up. But okay, it, it is strange to me. I'm just going to start wrapping things up now. But thank you so much for being willing to come on and thank you for giving me the chance. Sam Harris doesn't have the same guts. Um, do you think he's afraid of you? No, I think he's afraid of being associated with me, afraid of all the leftists who will say, I can't believe you gave him a platform. Um, do you think that's not justified at all? No, of course not. I'll talk to anybody. But he, yeah. You know, but- I, used to, I used to have a show. I used to go onto ABN, uh, a, a Syrian broadcast network, and uh, I did these shows, you know, YouTube video shows. And it got to be exhausting. I uh, travel a great deal, and I had to go to Detroit to do those, and I just got too tired. I got mm-hmm. sick, and I got yeah. tired. And if you travel, it's doing probably it. really but, hard. Uh, the fact is, uh, on that show, I actually invited Sam. Um, onto because I know that I love ABN and I know that they love me and I know I could go back anytime and I said you know Sam uh, you're invited I would be happy to speak with you and of course he ignored the invitation but I would speak with Sam I'd speak with Majid Nawaz I would speak with Faisal Al Mutar if that's his, I think I'm getting his name yeah. I don't quite remember and uh, uh, or anyone else I speak I I, I will have I'm, I'm completely committed to uh, free speech and the freedom of discourse. And well, I think that's that great. the best antidote to uh, misunderstanding and to false charges is to have more speech and more discussion about them. Absolutely. And I have constantly, you know, I've, I've asked, invited Reza to debate, uh, Craig Considine, Nathan Lean, all these people. And of course, none of them will. None of them will. 
Yeah. I think that's very telling in itself. Um, I, you know, I do, you can say that I'm uh, so so terrible because I don't like Obama or or don't like <laughs> oaths on the Quran or whatever. But the fact is that I really don't think, speaking strictly for myself, of course, that anything that I have said or done is so morally reprehensible that these guys would shun me on moral grounds. You know, I don't want to be tainted with the, the, even discussing this guy to refute him. You know, I've even said to professors uh, when when they've attacked something that I've said or done, and you know, Joseph. Lombard at Brandeis, he's not there anymore. But anyway, people like that uh, said, let's debate. You can wipe the floor with me. You can end my baneful influence. Mm -hmm. I sell hundreds of thousands of books, and you don't. And so you can show me up and destroy my terrible influence on the world in a debate. You can beat me if if I'm the imbecilic bigot that you think I am. And they won't do it. Yeah, but do you think that maybe it's um, because some of them just probably don't want to be associated with you, but some of them are truly busy and don't have the time to look you up and everything you do and kind of know the positions of where to challenge you But the fact is I'm talking about things like Max Abrams of the Council on Foreign Relations. He actually challenged me to debate on whether ISIS was Islamic and he backed out. Lombard agreed to debate and said, I will dominate you. And then he backed out. And, you know, it's uh, it's that these somebody gets the ear of these people and says... Uh, yeah, but you're you talking know, about Sam Harris, who's a really open-minded guy. Oh, um, uh, yeah. If he's all that open-minded, then let's have a chat, him and me. But he may or may not want to chat with you for I know he doesn't, whatever and reasons. He's, because he's, That's not because, because he's scared. He doesn't want to get his friends mad. Who are... Which friends? People like you. <laughs> he said to he said to Gad Sad. Look, that, oh, look, hold, uh, I was hold so on. stigmatized that he, yeah, you, like you said, he didn't have time. I'm not a fan thing. of Gad, and I'm not mad that he talked to Gad. Oh, yeah, I talked to Gad too, well, and yeah. he said uh, he, that I'm so stigmatized. He told Gad that uh, he 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 just didn't uh, want to deal with it. And the fact is that he has stigmatized himself. He doesn't realize the same thing. He has does been realize. Done to me he says it is being time done to him. and time again, though. He no, said he that to you on Twitter thing. as well. He he adheres to this fiction that Majid adheres to as well, that there's this reasonable criticism of Islam that Majid and Sam represent and Bill Maher, guys like that. And then there's the real bigots. like. Well, what has distinguished you guys uh, from one another? Why are they? I don't think there is. I don't think there is any genuine distinction between what they say and what I say. Okay, it's why I have, has it become I, I'm associated like it, with the right wing, why? which is spurious, because nobody would publish my books except conservative publishers. Okay. But I never. I, I used it? to say, but it was useless to say. I used to say in my early talks, uh, this is not a left wing or right wing issue. This is a civilizational issue, yeah. and the left and the right ought to unite on this. Yeah. But uh, I, I just got sneered at in response, and so. So do you, you think know, you've been pushed you, right? No, I don't think that uh, anything. I uh, the, the, the fact is that I am continuing to do what I've always done, and I don't generally take public positions on anything but jihad-related issues. What has and made so you so dedicated no to jihad, if I might ask? What's that? What What started you on this topic? Oh, I was fascinated. I was fascinated by Islam, fascinated by the Quran. Uh, I remember one time in the 90s, we were going on vacation, and my wife packed some novel to read, and I packed the Quran to read because <laughs> I'm interested. I know. It was it's very boring. Yes, it's, it's very boring and yet fascinating in a peculiar way. Okay. And I've always had this fascination. It uh, comes out of uh, my early life and my family, but that's a story I've told many times. Okay, I will and check so, it out. Uh, 
in any case, the fact is that uh, I don't think this is a left or right issue, and I'm happy to work with people on the left, but they're very concerned about avoiding any association with the so-called right. And they will be further concerned with Trump in the White House, I think. Yeah, I think Trump in the White House, it's going to be two things, increasing hysteria on the left and a perfectly reasonable administration. It's going to not be any of the scary things that people are charging as they're protesting nowadays. Well, I really hope you're right, because um, that would be best for all of us. Indeed. But thank you very much again for joining me and answering my questions. And um, yeah, I mean, I think we've established some ways in which we totally disagree. Mm-hmm. But I'm always happy to chat and debate and discuss. I guess the ongoing question is whether those things, those points of disagreement establish that I am an anti-Muslim bigot. And I would respectfully suggest that they do not. And I would respectfully suggest that uh, they kind of do. But <laughs> oh, that's a shame. I'm sorry that my uh, extraordinary persuasive powers failed. Oh. Well, <laughs> you know what? It doesn't mean that we can't continue to chat about it and... If I find anything um, that you've written in the future and I find it questionable, I will come directly to you to ask you about it. Absolutely. Ask away. All right. Well, you take care. You too. Have a lovely day. You too. Thank you very much. You're welcome. Bye-bye. Bye. Thanks for listening to another episode of Polite Conversations. You can support this podcast by sharing the shit out of it, making some noise about it, or contributing via Patreon. Patreon.com forward slash nice mangoes. No Ian mangoes. Also, you can follow me on Twitter at nice mangoes. If you want to make a one-time donation instead of a monthly Patreon one, you can do so via PayPal. NiceMangoes.blog at gmail.com. Remember, no Ian mangoes. If you've got an interesting story and would potentially like to be a guest, you can email me there too. A special thanks to Dylan Beck for theme music, sound, and production help. <laughs>